Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The bases are loaded with nobody out. This is going to bring up Teoscar Hernandez. This one's hit in the air well to left center and deep. Heading back after it, the center fielder is Okar, and that ball is going to bounce and go over the wall for a double. Two runs will score. Out middle stop at third, and the Dodgers strike first. This is Dirt and Sprague. Shellstad down the left side, little space, bounce pass to the perimeter. Three up, good from Rigsby, left corner. 69-53. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. No timeout, here we go, last chance. Trying to stay perfect on their home court. Here's Boswell, running out of time. Love gets it off, off the front of the rim, and the Cougars hold on. The biggest win of Kyle Smith's... Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 6.02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Happy Fast Break Friday to everybody out there. How we doing? How we feeling? Feeling okay. Are you? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty jacked up today. Good night of college hoops last night. Great night of college hoops. I stayed up for the whole Washington State game. That was unbelievable. Went to bed at 10.30 at night last yeah, night. Yeah, it was, it was flipping back and forth after I got home. Pilots, pilots gave a valiant effort. Hey, they covered. Covered. <laughs> My boy Drew Stack with a three in the final seconds. His first collegiate points ever and runs the cover play. Good teams win. 
Great, great teams, teams cover. cover. So there you go. Your pilots are great. <laughs> I uh, I contemplated not working today when I woke up. I I haven't gone to bed that late in a while, and so waking up today was harder than usual. Yeah, well, the I was watching, uh, flipping back and forth. Uh, Portland needs some help. They can still finish seventh in conference and avoid the early play-in game in the tournament. You're but- still calculating the math on that stuff. Well, it affects when I go to Vegas, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs> so, a couple days earlier, right? If they don't get that seven uh, seed, if if we are the eighth seed, then we play Thursday at two thirty in the afternoon in the eight nine game. Are those games on ESPN Plus? Uh, yeah, they'll be on ESPN Plus. I watched a little bit of the first half on ESPN Plus yesterday. Yeah. Your your pilots against the Zags. Yep. I, and then I saw the score, and I'm like, eh, good Zags probably your pull away. So I kept track of it just to see what the score yep. was. And, and I, then, I so Santa Clara finally pulled away from Loyola Marymount. So the Pilots play Loyola Marymount on the final next Saturday. That's the last day of the regular season for the West Coast Conference. Gotcha. If they're even in the standings, then that game is for seventh place. Well, but I, LMU gets winless Pacific this Saturday. Oh, well, that's a win. Pacific's awful. We need some help. Yeah, they're <laughs> over in conference. But play. LMU is down to six scholarship players. How does that happen? Uh, injuries. What happens to your other scholarship You're players? redshirting some guys. You got injuries. It just happens. Yikes. Um, pretty massive news yesterday. We'll get to the college hoop stuff. Go Cougs. I, I, was, I saw a story, and I thought of you, actually, and it wasn't college basketball related. Oh, was it the Dodgers batting around in their first spring training game no. against the Padres, putting no. up an eight spot? Let's go! Okay, we're going to get ejected about spring training results. They're ready. They're fired up. They're hey, locked in, baby. You, you guys have no James excuse. Outman's doing interviews in the outfield, and just, oh, it's awesome. We're going to talk baseball today, but not the kind of baseball you think we'd talk. Oh, are we talking some Oregon State baseball? Uh, no. They get number two Arkansas tonight. They're playing some specialty event at the Texas Rangers ballpark. I'm really excited about that. I'd be more excited if it wasn't on some stream system I had to pay for. It's not on anything? No, it's on something called Flow Baseball. I have to pay for that? I believe so. I will wait for the tweets. Yeah. You're not getting me to pay. Not, not, Not right now. No. No. Arkansas, big game. You know, obviously won a title beating Arkansas because they couldn't feel a little a, a history between those two schools. A little bit. There's some trash talking happening on the Twitters. No, uh, not that baseball. Oh. A different kind of baseball. And if you don't know what I'm teasing, that's okay. I'll let you know and yeah. you'll go, Oh. And maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't seen it. We'll talk about it today. Yeah, but... I was I was locked into to, you know, college hoops last night. No, I, I um I thought of you in reading this uh did you see? We landed on the moon. Oh, we did. Oh, did you not see this? I thought we did that before I was born. Uh, well, it's controversial if you were born or not, but uh, <laughs> you know we have. But for the first time in fifty-one years, we've landed a spacecraft back on the moon. Oh, Odysseus. Well, good for us. I here's the thing. They they basically were. I I believe I read correctly. They are testing because they're going to put humans on the moon. Yeah, I know that somebody has a, a plan to go back and visit the moon. I don't know what the objective is other than to say we're doing it. Yeah, but. I think that's kind of what I was curious about. What are we getting out of going to the moon again? Haven't we already examined everything on the moon or is there more to examine? No, on the moon? I don't. I mean, I don't think they scoured the moon with the missions. They weren't they weren't there that long. What do we need to scour it's a big for? Big rock. What are we scouring? What I, I don't know. Life. I don't know. Skeleton. 
Like Mars, I get. Like energy resources. If Mars is a planet, <laughs> yeah, can we colonize it in some capacity? I have is no there interest sustain in life, or you know, yeah. is there a whole bunch of minerals there that we can use for something? I I saw the rover videos when it would report back from Mars. Yeah. Which, by the way, dope that they landed on Mars. But I watched those videos, yeah. and it was just like red desert everywhere. And it was like, yeah. Unless we're like, shooting Dune 7 over there. Yeah, what are we doing? We're going to live in a bubble. <laughs> I don't want to live on a planet in a bubble. Like, if I'm going, hey, if this thing is done, I'm going down with the ship. I'm not flying to Mars <laughs> so I can live in a bubble on a red planet. No, thank you. But yeah, 51 years, hadn't been back on the moon. I would have never guessed it. I don't follow that stuff that closely to know. So we're like, hey, we landed on the moon again. That's one of those things that my uh, that Papa Swag would alert me to. That's why I thought of you. Yeah. I would have thought he called or texted you at some point yesterday saying, hey, you going to track this thing? Because it was a pretty big deal when they landed it. Yeah. I'm sure next time I talk to him, we're we're getting ready to move him. Oh, gotcha. He's he's moving into a different facility. Is he here. doing okay? He's fine. His eyesight is waning. He's concerned about it. He's got to give up the car. Yeah, and so uh, that's a hard one to do. Yeah, that's, that's a hard hardest. one to do. Yeah. Um. So as soon as uh, college basketball season is over, it's uh, Operation Move Papa Swag for a good month. Anytime I hear that somebody's lost something, I just remind myself that I'm going to lose my hearing when I'm probably your dad's age. What? Exactly. Yeah. I had that moment this week, and it was really weird. I've had this. It's not like a major problem, but once in a while, I'll just be sitting, and like my ear will kind of pop, and I'll hear like a humming. Like, yeah, you get the ring or whatever. Yeah. Tinnitus. Yes. And I'm like, awesome. That's happening, and I'm at 37. Yeah. What is it going to be when I'm 67? Yep. No, between doing this job and then playing uh, when I was uh, growing up playing in the band. That um, sitting right in front of a trumpet section every morning for four years. How often at your house do you find yourself with Lady Swag or maybe your son's in town or you're, I don't know, you're at your brother's or something. How often do you find yourself away from the job going, what? Huh? Um, not like actually making the old person, huh? But like legitimately not hearing somebody because I'm finding that quite often I'm like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Usually, uh, a lady swag tends to just shout from the upstairs. She it, gets it's the a gig. family thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, but she doesn't understand like when she's in the bathroom and the door's closed or the fan's on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's muffled and I can't under. I hear her calling, but I cannot understand what she is saying. I know my wife does that. I too. just don't respond at that point. I actually make her. You just wait for her. to I come out. I just wait then... to come out mm. at that point. I'm like, no, I'm no. I do that sometimes to my wife. That, their whole fa- her side of the family is kind of like that. Everybody just starts yelling from wherever. I don't know why that's a pet peeve of mine with I, my kids. It, it tends to. I'm like, no. If you need me, come at least over the banister or the stairway. So sure. Yeah. Well, my daughter, uh, my oldest, is um, she's used to yelling. And and by the way, we also throughout her life have been yelling up the stairs or down the stairs. Exactly. And so there's like sometimes you just hear like a hey, uh, what? And then it's just like a constant back and forth. And like in my mind, I'm like, take your little lazy ass <laughs> up the stairs. I'm watching this game. Stop with the screaming. I cannot hear the play by play. What are you doing right now? 
And so I have to like remind her, like, I don't want you shouting. She's like, you guys yell at me. And I'm like, be better than us. That's always my response. If she, cause she's really good at flipping it on me. She's already at that level of master craft. I'm going to oh, yeah. flip this and make you look stupid. Master female manipulator. Here yes. we go. She has got, she's gotten the best traits from me and her mom. And it's a lethal combination. And so anytime she hits me with one, and I'm like, oh, that's a good point. I just respond, be better than me. I want you to be better than me. And that pisses her off because it basically is my way out of the argument and still a way for me to blame and or tell her to stop doing what she's doing. So it pisses her off quite a bit. But eh, the yelling up and down, back and forth on the stairs, eh, I, I don't like it. Not a fan. No. But I I do it probably four or five times a week. Hey, Dada! <laughs> Nobody hears anything. I don't go upstairs. Dada! <laughs> and then my daughter does it. I go, why, why can't you go up the stairs? And I'm doing it all the time. It's ridiculous. But uh, it's a nice little Friday. We've got yeah. two guests today. Look at you. Thank you. What do you mean, look at me? Look at us. You're here for three hours too, big guy. Well, that's true. But you, you've you done the guest booking this week. Well, you, 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 you're calling play-by-play. You got, I, uh, uh, look, I, I say this. You and I are always, I think, the most honest with each other. If I piss you off and annoy you, you let me know, vice versa. There's moments where I understand you have, like, five jobs. And it just kind of... got a little going on. It is, is what true. it is. So uh, we got David Cobb of CBS Sports, covers college basketball at 7.30. Fantastic. Uh, obviously, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Been a great week of hoops. And then at 8, Nick Kosmider. He covers the Denver Broncos for The Athletic. The Athletic did a mock draft, and they had a beat writer for every team, which was quite fun and enjoyable to read. And there's a name that he put at the Denver Broncos at number 9. Uh, because it's via trade. There's a trade involved. I think the Broncos so right now are So they trade up with the Bears? Yes, that's what it was. Uh, they trade with the Bears. The Bears looking to add more assets, I think, to trade out a nine. Uh, he picked a player at nine that is shooting up a lot of mock drafts. And I'm hearing, like, a lot of momentum Excuse me, and chatter about this player. And so I posted a poll question on this person. And I'm thinking what everybody else is responding with, like, yeah, right. No, he's not. Not a chance. But I am wondering, is there an opportunity for this player in this draft to prove almost everybody, maybe even his own college fan base, wrong about what his pro prospects are going to be? So Nick Kosmider will join us at uh, 8 a.m. I'm also curious how close they are to what are they going to have to just cut Russell Wilson and what that means? I just I don't know what you do there, man, because that. Yeah, we'll have to ask how much money will Is they there be on any the hook market for? and what you would what would you have to do to actually trade him rather than just cut him? I, I'm I'm asking this sincerely. OK, and there might be some Bronco fans out there that still have belief that Russ can maybe get this going in year two. Or maybe they do. I don't know. What team is trading for that contract? Well, exactly. I think that's the problem they're facing. Yeah. What would you what would you have to do? Um I don't know what you I don't know. You'd what have you're to al- give me stuff with Russ. Well that's just it. I, and I don't well, like money. I I don't know how the NFL trade rules work. Like baseball, you can send a bloated contract somewhere, but then you send 
you say we'll pay half of it or something. Yeah, basketball is like you got to match the the salaries. And yeah, you have to be within a range yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I don't know those specific NFL rules on trades. We will uh, we'll talk with Nick Cosmider of the Athletic covers the Denver Broncos for his read on this player. And oh, by the way, Bo Nix has been tied to Denver in a lot of mock drafts. I've seen a lot of that. If they keep the twelve pick, I've seen a number yep. of. Bo Nix there. So we'll get his thoughts on Bo Nix, and we're going to spray the line today, but you mentioned something earlier uh, on yesterday's show about if we're still going to do this. You know my rules. I've been loud and proud. I don't want to do the segment. I think it should go away in non-football season. (laughs) uh, This selfish a-hole refuses to relinquish it. He will vow to do it forever. By the way, I have an update on him. Oh, we heard from him. Fantastic. We did finally hear from him. I'll give you an update on that. Was but it about the, I think it was the Jack Collinsworth that got him if he was listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. He actually didn't even mention that. Oh. But I know he saw the story. It was like fist pump. I'm like, yes, not alone. Um, we're going to do a different rendition of Spraying Line. So we'll take the sponsors. So send, sure. send all the Sprague sucks at gambling shots at me. That's right. And I'm sure we'll get some Bet Welcher stuff because I did not send Ken Barkley his basket in the first couple of weeks since I lost the bet. Did you get the address again? I did. Yeah, okay. I t- I text him with the number you gave Good. me. I've got the address. Um, he will have the basket before his appearance next week. Let's okay. just say that, okay? Okay. Uh, but spraying lines gonna be a little different. We'll read the sponsors, but I'm gonna do a Western Conference futures kind of conversation with you. How you view the Western Conference? seen in the NBA because the second half of the season kicked off last night yep. and the Blazers kick off today. We'll talk a little Blazers as well. No scoot. Uh, no scoot. And guess what injury he has? The same yep. injury every player here has now. <laughs> we used to have a knee problem, a foot problem. Now we have an abductor strain problem. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit about that. You can catch the show on YouTube if you're not there yet. And the Vancouver Four text lines, 503-864-6326. Uh, let's start. Wild night in college basketball. Let's start there. Dirt and Spray, good to be with you on this Friday morning on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Spray with you, 620 AM, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. So I'll give you a quick show update, some news. I heard from the Dirt Man. Well, that's awesome. How's the uh, how's the uh, new expanded family all faring? Uh, for the most part, good. I will allow him to talk about that experience. Well, just, well, yeah, but everybody everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. There's no issues. They're just all getting to know each other. I um yes good uh yeah. You don't I, have to go any further than that. Just, I, I won't go any further. Than yeah. That. Um, but we we chatted on text. We don't really talk on the phone. It's 1982 anymore. But we texted a little bit. He gave me an update, and my wife kept going, "Are you gonna, are you gonna ask him when he's coming back?" Or, are you? and I'm like, "You know what? I'm not gonna bother him. I'm I'm gonna let him do what he's doing." And I remember what that was like. And it was one thing to take one week off and then have to go home every day and then, you know, have a newborn. It's another to have kind of extended time off to be there to rest yeah. to, you know, help in any Get way the you can. Get the house situated yeah. and and yes. allow for the routine to naturally chart its own course yes and uh thankfully he's been able to to hang out and and be there for his wife well he texts me and i've got the return date oh we have a date we have a date we have a date he set the date what you got i'm pretty excited dirt will be back march 18th all right be a seven week hiatus there we go but uh just a couple weeks away 
for the first week of the NCAA tournament? Uh, spring break, NCAA tournament, like he's timing this perfectly. Yep. So uh, Dirt reached out, and he will be back March 18th. That is return date that he has told me. There we go. Hopefully that stays. We hope that sticks. And we'll be good. Uh, I will be taking a couple days off the week before that um, because this is tiring. <laughs> I stayed up till 10.30 last night. Watch the Cougs. So are you waiting until I get back from Vegas? Uh, What do you mean? Well, I will be at the West Coast Conference Tournament. I assume you're gone for two weeks when you do this. No, I am gone from March 7th through the 12th. So a Thursday, Friday, following Monday, Tuesday. Uh, You are not. You say this every year, and then you go, they want me to call the women's game. You know they're going to do that. No, no, all the way, flights are booked. Coming home Tuesday evening, the 12th. I will be here Wednesday, March 13th in the morning. Okay. I, we'll, we'll talk about that off the air. Um, but, uh, yeah, March 18th, Dirt will be back. I, I was up late last night. I watched the Cougars. That was awesome. That was fantastic. What a game. What's that I, guy doing fouling a three-point shooter? What is Vegas doing giving the Cougars 13 points? Yeah, that was kind of candy right there. That was weird. That that was. It's one thing to run numbers and have a computer say it. It's another to actually give that out. If you haven't followed Washington State at all, Kyle Smith teams, they're never out of it. No. That's a tough team. Like, that was my first game watching, like, complete start to complete end. I've I've watched bits and parts of Washington State throughout the year. I've watched them when they've taken on Oregon, Oregon State uh, uh, teams. But, like, watching them on the road in Arizona, man, to, to do what they did, they, they had a halftime lead. They don't lose halftime leads. When they're up at half, they're winning the game. Uh, their record is overwhelming in that spot. And for them to come out in the second half, Arizona came out early, punched them right back, was like, hey, we're taking a lead here. They just, I don't know, they have a composure about them. There's no, you don't feel like they're panicking. It's just like, yeah, we're down five. We're down six. We're what? Good. Who cares? And they'll hit a timely three or they'll get a timely stop. And last night, back and forth battle, Jalen Williams gets the ball. They're down three. He hits the three, tie it, boom, foul, four-point play to put Washington State up at the end of the game. They get a couple stops. Caleb of travels, slips on the floor, and Kyle Smith and Washington State swag go to Arizona and win and are now in first place. They're the one seed. They swept the Arizona this season, handed yep. them their first home loss of the season. Yes, they did. Arizona's still in position to, to be a number one seed potentially, but uh, this should get the selection committee's attention. Wazoo should be, unless they do a pratfall somewhere, be a top four seed. Well, I was I was listening to the the FS1 call, and I I forget the guys on the call, but I I thought they made a good point. Like if they win this game, and this was obviously before they had won it, you know, if they win this game, I know they're twenty first, but you probably make an argument they're a top ten team in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, they they should get, and if they get to the Pac twelve title game, uh, they should be a top four seed. He, uh, I don't know how he's doing this, and I, I don't mean to take any credit away from the players. The players are the ones executing everything. The fact that that guy, who was clearly a good coach coming from San Francisco, yep. and had a nice start, and then has his roster, you know, torn apart a little bit from, from transfer portal stuff, to still piece this together and be 12 and 4 in conference and 21 and 6 and now first place in the Pac 12. 
we're looking at coach of the year stuff in college basketball. Yeah. I think what last night did, Kyle Smith's known to people who follow the sport. I've known his name since the WCC when you're like, oh, that, that team's good. And then you hear about the coach and he goes to Washington State and he starts being successful there. Last night, winning at Arizona, Arizona's one of the few that, like, when a team visiting wins there. That's one of the toughest. That's up there with yes. uh, Fog Island Fieldhouse yes. and Rupp Arena and those places. It's massive. Like, and, and you saw it. Like, the narrative and the noise now, Washington State's kind of the team of the moment. Everybody's talking about them. And Kyle Smith is probably the front runner for coach of the year yep. in college hoops. They got to follow it up with a win in uh, Tempe. Well, that's going to be easy because Arizona Bob, Arizona yeah. State sucks. Don't let Bobby Hurley get you. He's going to get fired. Although Michelle Gardner, who covers that team, wrote an article about why he should come back, and I'm like, what has he done? I know they've gone. I think they've gone to the tournament a couple times, but like, have, have they won a game? <laughs> I don't know. His brother's killing it in UConn. Yeah, he can't his brother's do killing it in UConn. Um, so they should be able to beat Arizona State, but a massive win and a. That was a fun night of hoops watching Washington State go to Arizona and pull that up. I was texting with Patrick, who's obviously a diehard Coug fan, and I yeah, I kind of felt like the, the announcers were being a little biased at dif- different points. Like, every time Arizona got a foul, it was like, of course, that's an easy foul. And if Washington State got a foul, I was like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and then finally they kind of changed the, the the vibe of their broadcast at the end. But, man, Jalen Williams to hit – or uh, yeah, Jay, uh, uh, well, excuse me, to hit that corner three – Unbelievable. And Washington State now 21 and 6, top of the Pac 12 standings with a win. And they should be able to finish this thing off by beating Arizona State. This is, uh, you know, it's hard to project what certain teams are going to be in the tournament. It's all matchup dependent. But where do you, we'll have David Codd this at 7 30. He's going to join us from CBS Sports. What seed are we looking at here? It's going to be tough. Their non-conference isn't the most daunting schedule in the world. Um, yeah, but sweeping the Arizona schools does a lot. So that helps significantly. Um, they lost at Utah, at Colorado. They lost to the Ducks at home. Um, so their one SEC team they lost against Mississippi State. Mm. And they lost to Santa Clara. You think they're a top three team if they can win the conference? Top three seed? Yeah. I don't know if they can get all the way to a three seed. Four, five, I think. Four is as high as you think they get. probably where they'll get unless they win the conference. So they got Arizona State, their last three are at home, uh, USC, UCLA, and Washington. I mean, those are uh, all games that if they're at they home, should. they should win they're those They're at games. home, they should win, but I don't think any of those wins are going to do you anything special uh, in, in the net rating and – that sort of thing. Yeah, that so, would um if they could take care of their business and win their final four games, I mean twenty five and six atop the Pac twelve going into conference. I think tournament. they need to finish it off in the conference tournament. They'll have all eyes on them in the conference tournament. I agree with that. In that tournament setting in yeah. the neutral site and go in there and take care of business. Um so if they get all the way to the title game, if they play another close game with Arizona and whether they win or lose, I think I think a Right there in that 4-5 range. It would be tough to get to 3, I think, for them. Can I tell you a really ugly thing that I thought about yesterday after they won? And this is just, unfortunately, this is the nature of the beast. Yeah. I, I just, I, my mind kept going, what school is going to throw an absolute stupid bag at this man? Oh, no, there's no question. 
I mean, and especially considering Washington t- State's current state I, I of know. purgatory. He wanted to get out of the WCC, and now his team's going to be in the WCC next year. Yeah. I hope he stays. I'm, 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 I I'm, sincerely don't bring it up to be rude. No. I want him to stay there. It would be great if he could stay and have a chance to build that. And, you know, I don't know if, if they got a deep run and a deep run in the NCAA tournament, if that means anything in putting together a power conference in three years i i have no idea yeah but i if you're a co if you're a kyle smith you're not do you want to wait three years for some conference thing to figure itself out or do well, you i think go, part of it too is can he keep his roster together if he keeps his roster together well, he did then, this year and he still figures it out like that's the kind of that's good coaching but yeah if somebody comes and throws a bag at him uh, what like gonna, ohio state comes calling yeah. yo yo we can win we what have the resources do? Come be in the Big Ten. Well, even if Arizona State, if Hurley goes in Arizona State, yeah, going a, to the Big Twelve, sure. or as you look at that and you look at what Arizona State's going, we're going to the Big Twelve that now has Kansas and well, and Houston and yeah, and yeah. do I want to get my brains beat in every night? Yeah, or but a coach like that isn't operating in that. No, thought. I understand that, but also you can. I mean. There's still Gonzaga. There's still St. Mary's. It's not like you're in a you're not in the big sky. Yeah, um, you're on TV some. So I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in. It is a tough spot to be in. But I'm pulling for him to stay there, and I'm pulling for him right now. They're a fun story in college basketball. Uh, let's get to the local schools. They played yesterday. One got a much needed win. I want to ask you what you think about their tourney chances because they're not even in the next four out. And we'll also ask David Cobb that at seven thirty, and. This program's in shambles. I I don't know what what to say about it at this point. So we'll get to that coming up next. Swag, what do you do with the Ducks? The resume's not the greatest. It's hard. How much do you figure in the injuries? They have been beset by injuries all season long. If Infali Dante is truly healthy, they're scary, and they look like a tournament team. Last night, they looked like a tournament team against Stanford. So I think they can play their way in. They can't have a bad loss. Uh, it would certainly help if they could beat. I don't know. I got to look at the rest of their schedule here. If they get, uh, but they need to beat a Wazoo and or an Arizona in the, uh, in the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Joey Brackett's in his latest bracketology doesn't even have them on the the next four out. Well, and they're one. They don't have a signature win. No, they lost uh, to Alabama and Santa Clara when they played in that Thanksgiving tournament out in Florida. Um, they lost to Syracuse yeah, in that game in South Dakota. That one's bad. Um. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of saying the same things, right? Like, we both think when, when they're healthy, they can look like a tournament yeah. team. But I think the resume in the season largely says no. So next Saturday's their shot. They're yeah. at Arizona. It's an early game, uh, 11 a.m. Yep. Uh, that's their shot. If they can pull that off and not lose to Cal and Oregon State. And then the, I think they have to have a deep. They have to have a deep conference they tournament run. Probably need to get at least to the semifinals. At, at the minimum, it has to if be the they semis. Could, if they could beat Washington, if they get Washington State and they could beat them, yeah, then I think they they get in as a ten seed or something. Eighteen and eight, right? Right now, 
Uh, Ten and do, do, four do, do, in conference. Eighteen and eight. Yep, they're in third place in the conference. I mean, that's yeah, it's not so bad. So you're, but they don't, they don't have a signature win. If you were to bet money, would you bet that they sneak in? Maybe one of the playing. If games? they beat, if they win at Arizona next week, then I think they'll find a way in. They'll probably, you know, they're going to win those. They'll have 22-23 wins. God, is this not what Dana Altman seems to do yep. all the time? I know they missed the yep. tourney last year, but this has kind of been the MO is slow start, guys not healthy, yeah. midway point, start to kind of pick it up, look okay, a little unhealthy, get back up, get right, finish strong. Hey, look, the Oregon Ducks made it in. Yep. That's you know. almost a formula now for a lot of lot of schools, but they have he has had an inordinate amount of injuries to key scholarship guys. Yes, above and beyond what most schools deal with. Yeah, I mean they're at least putting themselves in a position to make a committee yeah. think about them. I think they're past. Uh, they're in the no. There's no margin for error, so you no. can't have a bad loss. Nope. But you need you need one big victory. And whether it's at Arizona next Saturday, whether it's getting Arizona or Washington State in the conference tournament, they need. I think they need that to convince the tournament that they're all healthy and they can take the injuries into account. What do I do with the school up the road a little bit? Uh, OSU is now, and this is from Nick Daschle of OregonLive.com, in the past three seasons, Oregon State is 1-40. In road and neutral site games. Ouch. They've lost their seventh straight game. They blew a 10-point lead yesterday. 11. I think got to, to 11. Yeah, got to 11. It was 9 at halftime. But they, they shot 56% or 54%, excuse me, in the first half. Shot 36% in the second half. Cal's not good. They're not having a good year. And second half comes. They blow it. Their offense is stagnant. They can't They can't score. Cal takes advantage. Cal ends up coming back on Oregon State and winning. One in 40 in road and neutral site games in your last three years? Look, I I would probably lean they're not going to do anything because financially they've kind of screwed themselves by giving them that massive extension off of one semi-lucky run. And Barnes deserves some criticism for that, too. I thought when he gave that extension, I was like, really? We're, we're doing that? But... I don't know what to do here because if you tell me Billado and Pope get plucked out of the portal because they're really good players, what are you selling me next year? Why yeah, is this going to get any better? They've lost seven straight games. They're they're dead last in the conference. They're the worst team in. Yeah, conference. they're now they're now last. They are the twelfth seed. I I don't know. I mean, this is. But, like, okay, can I ask you this? Can I don't I ask know you this? what they do. I, I, I talked about this with Orm a little bit on and off the air. And, like, I think you want to give a guy four years after an Elite Eight run. I can I can listen to that. I, I can get with that. But when it gets to this level, this That's is, true, this is not a year after the Elite Eight. This He had a loaded team coming yeah. back for the Elite Eight year. And I heard from behind the scenes that, like, a lot of those personalities, they clashed, they had ego. Okay, that's kind of the coach's responsibility is to rein that in, yeah. to know his guys. So then that season was like a three-win season. Yeah, they lose all those season. guys. They restart it with youth. Terrible last year. They come back this year. Even worse. And I just, at some point, it goes from 
you know, he's made the tournament twice to. Eh. Here's the tricky part with the current state of things for Oregon State, though, is if you decide to move on. Oh, you got to buy a buyout and you got to go get a new coach. <laughs> well, but what coach, even if you have money to pay, what coach is going to want to come to this situation? Yeah, you know, that's uh, I, I actually hate that argument. Um, you saying that now, and I think Orm said it, it's like, I get it. But college basketball is not college football. There are 68 teams that get to go to that thing. And, yeah, you're going to a new conference. Your money's not going to be as good. Yeah, but if you're trying There's to— coaches everywhere. I understand. Everywhere. But if you're trying to get a coach at a certain echelon with a certain pedigree at a certain uh, you know salary level, they're— exp- you, you're not your echelon is not here. It is you need well, to set that down. There are WCC. Well, uh, there are no, no, WCC no. I understand team. that, but if you're trying to go get somebody that maybe has some history and su- some success, usually they come in and they want to have, they want some knowns. They and that's the tough part right now. There's so many unknowns that somebody who's either trying to get back into it or, I, it's a tough sell. It's a really tough sell. So. There's Unless a million coaches, though. Who's the San Francisco coach? Because Chris Gerlifson. Chris Gerlifson. Yeah, but he was on the. I mean, he was on the staff. I don't know if there's somebody on Oregon State staff that you want to move up. No, no. Anything revolving around what's going on right now, I wouldn't want to move up. No. I just i i I think living in that space. I think it's a really tough sell. I, I think living in the space of we can't find anybody is detrimental to your program. I think there's lots of guys you can find. I think it's a really tough sell. Is it any tougher than w, any other WCC school or group of five school? I I feel like there's a lot of these programs that are finding coaches. But that's not what Oregon State's trying to do. That's What, what do you I'm mean? Saying. What is Oregon they're, State trying to do? They're still trying to think of themselves and prepare themselves to be back at a power but five you're not. conference. You're not. Well, <laughs> you're dead last. You want to be in a Power 5 conference? You are. You're dead last. So, like, you got to re-examine how you view yourself. That This is a self-inflicted problem. So, I, it's ugly right now, and it feels like Beaver fans pretty fed up with it. Um, so, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I Financially, they're kind of in a tight spot right now, um, and there's really nothing of positive to sell to the fan. Don't tell me what next year is going to be because this team's young. I don't even know if you're going to have your young players that are on the team going into next year because the good ones, I think it's clear you can tell who's good on this team. And if I'm another school, I'm trying to poach a school that's getting kind of demoted and going to a lesser conference. I also don't think you should be paralyzed by who are we going to find. There's coaches. I just read an athletic piece about a blogger for the Knicks that interviewed for a G League position as a staff member. And was so impressive that the guy hired him. He then went to the NBA and became an assistant. And now he's running the Orlando G League affiliate as the head coach. That guy was blogging. He is a law school grad. There are coaches everywhere. Um, We'll see what Oregon can do. They've got to finish strong if they want a shot at this thing. And Oregon State is just, they're stuck in the dump right now. They're stuck in the dump. And I don't know how you sell what they are going forward. One in 40 in neutral site road games, that's tough. That's um, There's something happening there, and I, I don't know how else you explain it. Uh, all right, coming up next, we have a pants party on the fan. All right, we'll go back in. A couple thoughts coming in. 
Uh, Tinkle has no more coaches' kids or ex-players' kids to guide his teams to success. With that gone, we are seeing what they really are. And that listener adds, maybe Tinkle just needs to hire some assistants that have kids that can play. That's been the formula for him on past teams. And that, you know, that's the tough thing is like, I I don't want to short the man credit. He deserves credit for getting to the tourney a few times, for sure. Uh, He snapped a streak that had been a, God, an entire adult human's like lifetime, it felt like, of not going to the NCAA tournament. But the first year they did it, they did it with GP2. That was a Craig Robinson recruit, not a Wayne Tinkle recruit. And the next couple times were coach's kids, his kids and uh, his assistant's kids, the Thompson uh, bros. It's not been good otherwise. And he's he's got some talent. They shouldn't be this bad. It's one thing to maybe not win the conference, maybe not be in the top four. It's another to be dead last in the conference and be this inept. To be this bad on the road, oh, there, there's something else going on there. That's not just a youth thing. Uh, not in my mind. Uh, we will get to a lot in the second hour of the radio program. Nick Kosmider will join us at 8 today. And David Cobb, will dive back in the NCAA tournament talk with him uh, coming up at 7.30. Uh, I wanted to get to uh, uh, this story. Have you seen the pants problem? Oh, in Major League Baseball, the new uniforms? There's a lot of wieners that are being snapped uh, from yeah. spring training here. Maybe maybe MLB's trying to go to fans only. Uh, that's a good theory. My gambling co-host Lucy Burge has a good theory as well. She thinks that they're trying to develop and sell men's rompers. And so by doing this, they make the jersey like a big onesie. And so you put the pants over it and you can kind of see the outline to maybe sell onesies for grown men. Um, you can laugh at that all you want, but at this point, I think all of them are fair. There are legitimate photos from spring training where I'm seeing a lot of moose knuckles. There are a lot of wieners at spring training right now, <laughs> and I don't know what Fanatics and Nike's going to do about this. I don't know what they, the only thing they can do, and I don't know if they've kept them from, I mean, I'm assuming they don't just toss out the old unis right away. No, no, They're, no, no. So here's the problem with this. The players union rep, Tony Clark. Yeah. He's been very loud about this, that the players are pissed. I've also heard a guy we have, we've we had on the show before, David Sampson, a former exec for the Marlins. He's been asked about this, and he's like, they don't care. They're not doing anything. Do you know how impossible a jersey recall yeah. and redo is at this point? Yep. They're just going to have to play with see-through white pants. And I'm going to tell you, early on in spring training... <laughs> There's been a lot of dingers going on, and I'm not talking about baseballs being hit, Swigard. I'm seeing full-on <laughs> male junk. I'm seeing nudity left wow. and right, or I'm seeing, like, skin-tight boxer briefs straight through the white pants. Yeah, if it's—well, if it becomes a total issue on TV when it gets there, when, like, everything starts, that will be what gets their attention. They'll have to do something. It already is. It already is. Everything I'm seeing is either a snapshot or it is on TV. The first full slate of spring training games gets going this weekend. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you wait until somebody slides into first and we see the junk that's on the dirt. And I'm like, cool, I'm glad I got to see that. There was a player yesterday, I saw this, Jesse Rogers, who I tried to get on the show today, but he, his schedule uh, had conflicts. He wrote a good piece on ESPN.com about this, that Major League Baseball has a pants problem. Welcome to the pants party. There was a photo I saw yesterday somebody put out on Twitter, and I don't know who the player was, but he was bending over, stretching, and from behind the photo was taken, and all you see is Captain Wiener Schnitzel. And I'm like, this is not going to be good if the regular season is going to be people having to shield their kids' eyes 
from seeing the junk of their second baseman. I don't know how you do this. How do you make, how do you not test that out and say, hey, can you see through these pants? I, I, I don't know. It's like they just made them and then just, here you go, sell them. I have no idea how that whole process and how it can be that, how you miss the mark that badly. Well, Nike and Fanatics is being dragged, but people are really going after Fanatics right now because people have hated Fanatics for a couple years now. Mm. They made their... You know, they they made their their bread. Their they built their, their their entire establishment of having really good sports apparel. And in the last few years, that that has kind of dropped in uh, quality. So it, it's kind of a dual blame thing here. I think more people are liking taking it out on fanatics, but Major League Baseball. I I can't believe I'm saying this. There's a lot of hype for different teams. Well, usually dealing with a pants problem. If you're going to do some sort of uh you know, major change at that. It, it normally there's a big testing process. Like I don't, I, I don't know how you don't catch that at some point. Like there's prototypes and they bring de- several different things and they test them out and get everybody on board and they look good and they feel okay. And they perform and they'll hold up to actual play. Like they would try them out in like the, the rookie, league, the Arizona Fall League, or something like that, just to see. Okay, you're diving on grass, you're sliding into bases. Are they gonna? They're not gonna rip and fall apart. That sort of stuff. Well, have you seen the jersey part too? The pants are see through. The, the pants are see through. The jerseys aesthetically do not look. They look awful. Uh, they look printed. The yeah. screen printed press thing that you. Yeah. I mean, I buy this stuff. I, my Braves jersey is one of these because yeah. I'm a cheap tightwad. I don't want to spend $180 on a jersey. So so we'll see. If sales are way off, if, if if like massively people are like fans are not buying merchandise at the same point, that'll get them to change probably faster than the players. The funny thing would be is if <laughs> jersey sales skyrocket. Yeah. And which, by the way, very possible. Otani's on a new team. Half of Japan's probably going to buy that. Well, Dodgers that jersey. and then Yamamoto as well. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yamamoto. You have two new players that are going to get an entire country. For an country. iconic team. Yes, for an iconic team on the West Coast, closer to Japan. Like, the whole country of Japan is going to be buying a Yamamoto and Otani jersey. Yeah. So there's a real chance. It's much like the All-Star game. We all know what we watched. We all know it wasn't good. We all bitched about it. And then the NBA was like, hey, we have a 14% increase in ratings. And we're like, what? Uh, there's more people that watch that? <laughs> it might be the same thing in jersey sales. It's, hey... I can see that guy's uh, dong through his pants. Hey, his jersey number, the zero is lower than the one. And then they look at sales and they go, yeah, we're up 28%. Yeah. So we don't really care. We'll see. Cool problem to have, bro. Maybe people want to see the wieners. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see when they get to the uh, when we get to the regular season if they don't do something before then. So if spring training and... No, no, no. They're not going to do anything. There's nothing that's happening with these jerseys. I'm not... It... Media and television, like if you've got, if it becomes a thing that's part of the broadcast all the time, like announcers can't no, help themselves. Baseball will be asking their partners, hey, can we not, can we not? They're getting dragged on social enough. There's articles being written. I but would that imagine stuff baseball always comes out. There'll be a memo. There'll be something. Yes. Somebody will leak it and yeah. then yeah. it'll be a huge, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is, well... I, Manfred right, might want to retire sooner than he announced. 2029. Like, well, actually, let's... 2025. <laughs> bye. Hey, go out on top, man. <laughs> Look, if I see Otani's thing, I'm not going to be 
completely upset. I'm kind of curious, but uh, not great look for I, baseball I right no. now. No, I don't want any part of that. Oh, you're. Oh, you want a little part of that? No, no I don't. Stop it! Come on, Yamamoto or Otani? Uh, no, who do you think is? Stop uh, it. No, no. You don't even think about those things. I don't. Oh, yeah. You're normal. I'm not. Uh, we have a loaded second hour of the show. There's a lot to get into. David Cobb of CBS Sports covers men's college basketball. We'll talk to him about tourney chances for Pac-12 teams. His thoughts on Kyle Smith and the Cougs. Loaded second hour. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, I tell you, Jennifer, she is she is really a party pooper. This is Dirt and Sprague. Jennifer poops at parties, so she poops at parties, so so and people know this. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I I poop at parties. I poop at parties, but people don't know because I close the door. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Where where do she go for it? Does she does she visit a water closet and make door of the open so people may see and smell things? This sound horrible. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Loaded second hour of the show. Good morning. Happy fast break Friday to all that observe. Baseball almost here in our lives on a daily basis. <sighs> so good yesterday. Getting that noon. Dodgers just teeing off on Joe Musgrave. Had a listener on, uh, you know, it's all been a blur since he left, but I had a listener at some point earlier this week. That was like, could you talk about sports that are actually happening? And I just kept going, ah, there was no Pac-12 hoops. Or I was going to say. We don't really talk Kraken about Kraken got hockey. a huge win over the Canucks 5-2 last night. Well, there's, there's sports going on right now. Yeah. Sports is back. Basketball was back yesterday. Did you see the Thunder steamrolling the Clippers? I, I saw the score. Oh, man. Jalen Williams, 
Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet, dominating the Clippers. Uh, I got some futures on the Western Conference race swag that I want to get to at Spring Line today with you. There we will do. Yes, the Warriors Lakers big uh, showdown to avoid uh, the play in. Yeah. Was it big? LeBron didn't play. I don't know. Uh, TV, I mean, TNT, they would have you believe that uh, that's the big game. I'll give you a side note. And I've, you know, I love the NBA. It's a pretty bad look for the league. I mean, there's always, there's a lot of bad looks for the league right now. It's not so great a look when players that participated in all-star activities are then listed out for the first game back after their extended vacation. And I know some of them went to the all-star game and they participated in stuff, and that's great. I'm glad they did. But if you can do that, why are you missing the first game back? Uh, that that's LeBron. How many times? That's has LeBron... also Scoot. Scoot went to the All Star Weekend. Does Scoot have a legitimate injury? I mean, it's an abductor. You know, it's the abductor thing. And I'm not saying to play him if he's really hurt. I'm not even questioning. I just, it's not a good look, is what I'm no, saying. It's for not the a good look. Hey, LeBron, what'd you do on your break? Well, I played like ten minutes in the All Star game. Cool. First game back against the Warriors. Can't wait. Oh, I'm not going to play in that game. <laughs> what? It's on TV. Um. Also, Kevin Durant got called a bitch yesterday. Did you see that? I, I missed that. Sun's coming out into Dallas. They ended up losing that game. God, Phoenix is, they're a weird team. So is Dallas, though. But KD comes out on the court with the you know the rest of his teammates. Was pregame? Or? This is, yeah, it was like layup line. Like oh, okay. Last layup line before the anthem and all that stuff. And as KD comes out, a woman with her boyfriend right there, you can hear it. He runs past her and you're, bitch! And he stops, he turns around, he walks up to him. And the lady and guy, they're the only people there. She instantly turns into the, I'm just playing, give me a high five, give me a high five. And she's trying to get high five. And he's just like, why would you call me a bitch? And then her boyfriend steps in and you can hear the guy. And the guy goes, her boyfriend died about... Or her brother, excuse me, died four years ago. He was a mentor of mine. Uh, And then you can hear Katie say, so why did she call me a bitch? And the guy goes, I'm getting to it. I host a local podcast. And Katie just went, oh, out of here. And he turned around and walked away. Because a guy's trying to plug his podcast because his girlfriend called Kevin Durant a bitch. What a league. Those are the people that they got to get out. Uh, Got to get those people out of arenas. But that guy's hosting a podcast somewhere in Dallas. Which, by the way, I hope we find out who he is so I can never listen to that podcast. What are you doing? I, I, I don't know. You cannot like a player. What do you need to call a player? You what don't do you need to do, do, that, do that, that. You don't need to do that. Be more clever than that, by the way, How about you just root for your team? How about just boo? What happened to yeah. booing? We used to, be a, we used to be a strong, respectable nation. We used to boo our just opponents. Just boo. Do uh, some homework. Get more clever. Yeah. Certainly KD's got enough material out there. He does. You know, well, he lives for that. You know, he likes it, but I, I like the confrontation. If you're going to call an athlete call that, call him Burner Boy or something like that. Burner Boy, that's like it's <laughs> a nice one. He refuses to take any of the cool nicknames that he's given, so maybe he would like Burner Boy. I don't know. Um, Blazers second half of the season underway tonight against the old Denver Nuggets. No scoot. Uh, this is now the time where we ask out loud. Is it officially draft season for everybody, or will we actually get to watch the, the good players that are on the team play? Hooray! No? Okay. A lot of Delano Banton? Is that what our second half is going to be? I, I've been mildly 
attentive in the first half, and now mildly is very. <laughs> I think that's being generous to you, to be honest. Based on my conversations with you and Dirt, I'd come in and say something, and you guys would be like, "I, yeah, I don't know." Just enough to do <laughs> updates and and talk on the show, but is it compelling basketball? No, no not really. It's gonna get bad. So who they signed? They signed somebody yesterday. Was it Hagens? Oh, did they? Because he was originally on a ten day. Yeah, so I think they, they gave did him a they two sign way. him to a two yeah, way because think... they did get. And this I like to see. Duop Reith got off his two way and got a standard NBA contract. So congratulations to Duop Reith. Yes, because he's been one of the silver linings to this season. For him the and Jabari, Trailblaze. man. Him and Jabari have been yes. like my favorite things of the season. So yes. Far. So congratulations to him for getting that, and that's well deserved. He's he's truly been one of the developmental things and if you say what's the G League really around for it's that as hard as this is but if that's the highlight of your season yeah I mean well that's what injuries do though right True. like Scoot's 19 he's been banged up in and out of the lineup starting coming off the bench back in the starting lineup oh now he's hurt and Ant's, Ant's a good player they're like Danny's put out some of the metrics He's he gets blitzed the second most of any player in the league I know, like, the attention he's getting, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I just, I've kind of felt like the season's a little under what I thought it would be. The only issue I have watching Ant play on a regular basis is he tends to dominate the basketball too much for my taste. Yeah. And um, I, and I don't know if he does, if he does, just doesn't trust the other guys completely there. He doesn't know how to play off the basketball. I don't know what it is, but for my tastes, well, he dominates the basketball too much at times. I think on that note, I think he does. I mean, how do you trust all of the youth around you? I mean, there's a lot of well, I understand that, but you still on. have, you know, you still have. Can he create better? Certainly, I agree with you there. Yeah, he he had told. I appreciate Scoop because he's trying to make plays for other guys, and and he's learning when do I take mine, go to the rack. Yeah, he's still developing his jump shot, which all summer long he needs to be in a gym and shooting ten thousand shots a day until he finds something consistent that can get close to thirty five, thirty six percent. So people have to respect him. That will open up lanes and and him going. But he is more of a playmaker at heart, and I appreciate that. Well, I I, I think yeah, I mean I oh, that's okay to say. I think you're also talking about two very different styles of player. No, I understand. Anson and not, I like one over the other. I'm always fine. a Magic Johnson guy. I, what he did in back in the days sure was just beautiful i i i have no problem with that i think the tough thing here is you know and and i you're not going to say anything controversial to a podcast but danny interviewed ann a couple nights ago on the jack ramsey's pod i i missed it i had basketball practice but one thing he talked about was playing off ball with scoot and i you know i think if you pressed ant behind the scenes off the record he would he would tell you honestly yeah, this is not the long-term thing that the team's going to be doing. But even trying to sell that like he can play off ball, he said he said that he thought he played really well off the ball last year. And I just I fundamentally disagree with that. I think he has to he's a have to have the ball guy. I don't think he's off the ball guy, and I think Scoot's the same way. Scoot yeah. has to have the ball. He's not off the well, ball. We didn't guy. have the ball as much because Damian Lillard was on the team. Well, I know, I understand, but like <laughs> he thought he he said he thought he played pretty well off ball, showed that he could be the two. I disagreed with that just wholeheartedly. They're not going to win a lot of games here. I, I think as tough as this has been for a lot of people, and you know, TV, uh, 
their 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 package for their television uh, situation. Yeah, Root getting kicked up the the by food Comcast. chain by Comcast yeah. didn't help. It didn't help. The the team being turned over from Dame to a new era that doesn't help. Ticket sales are two dollars. Like I know their ticket sales haven't dropped that much this year compared to their TV. I'd also argue it's because yeah, you can go to a game for four dollars right now. The Willamette Weekly just wrote an article about this. The people that are buying the two and three dollar tickets online, and I enjoyed the read, but I think largely this is hard. Going through rebuilds is very difficult. This team's not going to win a whole lot of games in the second half. Brogdon's already going to be out. Jeremy's played most of the year. I won't be shocked if he eventually gets to a point where he's going to be sitting out. And that's what happens in tanking seasons. That's why you sign Ashton Hagens to two-way deals. You want to you want to see what he does in the G League. And then when you need him in the last 12 games, hey, Delano Banton, Ashton Hagen show. Let's go. That's a tough watch. It's a tough sell. But I I will say this, as critical as I've been, and I've had people, you know, disagree with being critical, which I I just fundamentally disagree with. I think you should always be putting a little heat, a little pressure, a little noise on the local teams. If they go out and try to get better the year that Cooper Flag's coming out, that's going to be interesting. And that not that they're going to be, because me and Danny talked about this last night on the pod. I just, I think at this point, you're so entrenched in it that you have to just double, triple down, despite how hard it's going to be for everybody, myself included here. When I, when I, when I originally said we ain't built for it, I grew up here. I, I am as aware of what it's like. We don't like to watch crappy basketball. We don't like to watch crappy basketball. I grew up my youth in the 80s watching the Blazers finish right around 500 quite a bit, and they'd get just drilled by the Lakers. What in was the that first Coliseum round. crowd like? Uh, it was still 12,666. It was hopeful, uh, but, you know, you got drilled by Kareem and Magic and Byron Scott right. and James Worthy and. Yeah, but you got to see the Showtime Lakers in person in the playoffs for a couple of times. But capture the flag. Let's capture the flag. We have to. I mean, I think you have to. The problem with the way that the draft lottery is now set up. Yeah, your top three, your same odds I think as each other. Yeah, you're and so. Have you seen this kid though? I'm seeing highlights all the time, and I'm like, what is he six ten? I think he's six ten, maybe six eleven, maybe a six ten and a half. I mean, he. He crossed a dude over the other night and did a step back three, and he just drained it. I'm like, oh. White Garnett. White Garnett. Yeah, but you, uh, is there. But if you don't hit, but at least the draft next year is going to be deeper. So if the draft is deeper, if there is a, you know, a Kevin Durant after the Greg Oden, not to open old wounds, but. If there's a two and a three, sure. Uh, then okay, yeah. Then you can feel a little more comfortable rolling the dice. But if it's just a one, like Wembyama this year, and then everybody else, that's like well, Brandon Miller. I mean, Brandon Miller's having a good rookie year. I'm not going to say Wembyama and everybody else. Brandon Miller's actually had a really nice season. Yeah, but to the point he... where I think some Blazer fans have seen it and followed it and gone. 
you know, Charlotte would have taken Scoot. <clears throat> Might still have Dame with Brandon Miller, and you know, I. But you're if if you're gonna go that route again, you're really hoping for the franchise changing, defining player. Well, you know, I watched a team last night. I want to talk about this because there's a couple names I want to throw out real quick um, about looking at from a Portland perspective and a team that I watched last night that I'm like, that that's the model. That that model right there is one that I like, and it takes time to your to what you're saying. But I want to talk about a couple names that have been mentioned. We'll talk about this some more. Uh, Blazers second half of their season kicking off. David Cobb at seven thirty. We'll dive back in. We'll get his thoughts on Turney, Washington State, Gonzaga, how he thinks the tournament, the field in general. He's got a power ratings uh, article out at CBSSports.com. So he'll join us at seven thirty. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. David Cobb's going to join us, CBS Sports. Uh, this happened yesterday in sports, and I thought it was a really cool moment, and the internet found a way to crap on it because the internet is really good at that. We'll get to that coming up. And uh, 8 a.m., Nick Cosmider covers the Denver Broncos for The Athletic. He did a mock draft with the Athletic beat writers of the NFL, and he's got the Broncos taking this player, and this player is shot up in a lot of the conversations, and I'm stunned. So I don't know. And look, I'm not Mr. Football. I'm not the best X's and O's guy, concepts, schemes, reading defenses, certainly not capable. But as somebody who has watched a lot of this player and watched a lot of football, I don't get it. And we'll talk to Nick Cosmider about that. If it's between this player or Bo Nix, we'll get his thoughts on Bo Nix as well. So he'll join us at 8. And then we'll talk a little bit uh, NFL draft at 8.15. We'll spray the line. So get the spray line sponsors in. Got some of them rolling in right now. At the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them for more information at VancouverFord.com. Uh, one of our P1s says, I'm sure they'll find a way to draft another point guard that's shorter than 6'3". And I responded, yep, and a local blog will give you five reasons why a team can win a championship with three point guards. <laughs> Wouldn't be stunning. You know, this is, look, it's obvious. It's draft season, right? There's... What, 22 games left? 23 games somewhere in that ballpark, right? Yeah, let's... Uh... Less than 30, I know that. The second half is never the true second half. There's always way less, but they're going to lose tonight. They're going to lose by a lot because it's Denver. And it's draft season, so I've been reading a lot of yeah, I mean, draft writers. Cronin was, at the All-Star break, they were... Recruit. They went to wherever they went. Look, it was on my plane coming home. Yeah, it's not a secret, right? Everybody knew what this season was going to be. And you mentioned him. He was shown in Australia. Uh, I like a lot of draft writers out there. I was reading one of them, Raphael Barlow, and he's got his own website. He does a really good job. And uh, he went through the top five. Now, he just played it out as if this the order that it's in now is the order the draft goes in, which we know is never the case. But... The two names that stand out to me right now. Where is Portland? Fifth? Sixth? Fifth. They're fifth. Um, The two names that I'm really intrigued by, and I think a lot of people are when you dive into this, because it's not a deep draft. Alex Saar in Australia, which is where Schmitz and Mm -hmm. Cronin were. That's who they were scouting. He is a very athletic, moves a lot without the ball, can screen roll, like a pretty dynamic athlete in Australia. And he's projected to be the number one pick. If the the Blazers, and it's no secret because a lot of teams will, number one on the big board. 
which would make an interesting conversation about Aiton and what the future is with that, but Sar is really young. The second one is one within our own backyard. He's going to be on TV on Saturday at 6 p.m., and if you have the Pac-12 network, you don't have to watch the whole game, but maybe turn it on and check it out. Cody Williams, Colorado, mm-hmm. who is a 6'8 wing. His brother, Jalen Williams, is a stud in Oklahoma City right now. Who is great at uh, great. Santa Clara. Um, well, they're like so good this year, they're wondering if it's a big three. Yeah. Do they have a big three in OKC already? Is it the new big three for OKC, the baby big three? They had it one time, and then they chose to let one walk away. Chet, SGA, and Jalen Williams. Cody Williams is at Colorado. Where did Chauncey Billups go to college? Colorado. Where did Joe Cronin grow up? Colorado. Where did Jabari Walker play basketball? Colorado. Okay. There is a natural pipeline connection, I think. Tad Boyle does a fantastic job at Colorado. I don't know if they're unhappy or happy. Colorado's a good program, and they're kind of West Mountain West Coast-ish Villanova. They have good players that go to the league. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if going to the Big 12 will get him more chats with higher blue-chip recruits. Or if it means, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, they they are suited for Big 12 play under Tad Boyle. They play rugged. They play hard. They're mature. They have yep. a good understanding. Like Jabari got gave a lot of credit to his dad, and he should. But I also think like kind of going through what he went through at Colorado, under-recruited. Hey, why don't you go to the Buffs? The Buffs give him a shot. They have... They have a chip on their shoulder. They do, yes. And if you don't play defense, you don't play for Tad Boyle. Right. And so, you know, Cody Williams to me, and it's obviously a positional it's a position a positional need for this team. That those are the top two. I think if you're gonna stay within that top five, if that's your lottery luck, and we have a long way to go. Did you know the lottery, by the way, this year is on Sunday? Isn't that odd? Usually they do it. The NBA draft lottery is a Sunday this year. Weird. Yeah, usually they do it on a Thursday before playoff games. I know. I didn't. I thought that was maybe they want it to be a little more extended out because last year it would be like, and this team has this pick, and as soon as you cheered, they were on to the next team, and you what? I didn't Are they hear drawing it. out the broadcast? Going to be like an hour broadcast now? Are they actually going to show us the ping pong balls? What um, are we... They'll never do that. I still think that should be mandated. Uh, if I was the player union rep, it's not important to me, but I'd kind of be like, yo, show the ping pong ball, you bastard. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have it on a Sunday this year. Those are the two biggest names to me. Now, there's other interesting prospects. This Buzelis kid who's on the G League Ignite, which is a disaster of a situation. Yeah, it looks in like itself. that might go away. Well, yeah, turns out they didn't know how to use or handle high school prospects. Scoot just now wearing glasses. This Buzelis kid is not having a good year for them, but he's well, like 16. Well, and now NIL allows schools yeah. to pay guys more money than G League Ignite put into it yeah so (laughs) there's good prospects out there for some but it's not a particularly deep draft those are the two names for me cody williams at colorado alex r in australia and you just hope that the the ping pong ball lands your way to be in a position to take either one of those guys that would be the early read so if you're interested in seeing some of the prospects it is draft season for the blazers they're starting their second half of the season i don't know how many games guys like ant and jeremy grant are going to play here did you look up the number? Was it 22 games remaining? Uh, they are, I think there's a few more than that. I think it's like 25 Is or it 26. 25? Okay. They're not going to win a whole lot of those games. They don't want to win a whole lot of those games. 
it's time to start kind of looking and eyeing prospects if you haven't done that yet. SAR is a little more difficult given the time difference in Australia. But Cody Williams, Saturday, 6 o'clock, if you want to check in just to see what he looks like. If you haven't watched Colorado, they play Utah. But second half of the season will start tonight. There's no hope of winning. It's a really tough situation. Fans are pissed. The TV deal's bad. It's a lot of negative momentum going their way right now. But it's draft season, and so maybe that's savior. Orlando is the team, by the way. I teased a team. Orlando is your best shot. If you're rebuilding, Orlando mm. looked good last night at Cleveland. The difficult thing is you need your Palo. Yeah. You, you need you need a Wagner. And I don't know if that'll be Shade, and I hope he's baby Kobe. Do you prefer more or Franz? More <laughs> uh, or Franz? Franz. I'll take Franz over more, but I want the Wagners. But you need that, and and that's the next step. Is this draft going to provide it, or are you looking at the draft next year, which feels like an eternity away at this point? Uh, Daily Ticker is next. David Cobb covers college basketball for CBS Sports. Get his read on the Pac-12, Washington State story. How close is Oregon to being one of those bubble teams? Gonzaga's down year, the WCC. We'll get to all of it. David Cobb joins us for the ticker next on 1080 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. We'll dive into some football stuff, an interesting thing in sports that happened, and the internet was quick to be polarizing on the topic. We'll tell you what that is in 15 minutes. Uh, But David Cobb, our good friend from CBS Sports, covering college basketball. His new power rankings are out at cbssports.com. He's got Houston leapfrogging uh, UConn and Purdue for number one. So Calvin Sampson and the uh, Cougars, number one after impressive showing. UConn's dropped two, Purdue three. David is uh, joining us now. Good morning, David. Thanks for hopping on. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you hopping on because uh, college basketball is heating up. March is around the corner. A lot of us out here, you know, football season's done. The Blazers suck. There's only so many things to pay attention to right now, and college hoops is one of them. I want to start your power ranking. I enjoyed going through this, and I know one team is going to be changing in your next power ranking given what happened last night. But I don't know. How often, David, have we had a team – be as dominant or good as Purdue 
and nobody in America thinks they're go- they have a shot in hell to win the championship. <laughs> well, it's the reputation at this point for Matt Painter and Purdue. Great regular season team, but a team that has gained the reputation for flopping in March. And that predates last year's loss to Fairleigh Dickinson in the NCAA tournament. It's been a long time since Purdue has made an Elite Eight or a Final Four. And uh, that's why there's so much skepticism around the Boilermakers. It's just we got to see it before we believe it. We we saw it last year with UConn. They cut down the nets. We've seen it with Houston and Kelvin Sampson reaching a a Final Four. So we just got to see it with Purdue, I think, before you can really trust them. Washington State goes to Tucson last night. Now, Arizona's four in your power ranking. Washington State stayed at 19, as you highlight in your power ranking article. Uh, Thursday's showdown in Arizona will be a significant test for the Cougs and a chance to elevate their national profile after they beat the Wildcats at home on January 13th. A win would also bring a Pac-12 title into the picture. They won. They came back. They were leading at half. They uh, Arizona comes out in the second half, takes a little bit of a lead. It becomes a back and forth. They get a massive and one with a three-pointer, and they get a huge road win. Um, how do you view the Cougar, the Cougars right now, given what you said about them in your power ranking, now that they've beaten Arizona in Tucson? Well, first off, I'm just annoyed with Arizona that I finally trusted them enough <laughs> to move them back into the top five. And then they, they go out and lose that at home uh, last night because, you know, I had been down on Arizona and I had a couple weeks ago, I had them out of the power rankings after they lost to uh, Oregon State. And uh, I got a lot of flack for that. And now that they had started to regain my trust and, and, and I elevated them in the power rankings and then. Uh, they got swept uh, by Washington State, and, and all credit goes to Kyle Smith and that Cougars team because uh, everybody, myself included, just thought that Arizona was going to walk away with the Pac-12, win it by multiple games this season because UCLA was down, Oregon can't quite get it together. Uh, but Washington State said, no, hold on a second, we got something to say about this. And there was really no reason to think that was going to be the case. Because when you looked at that, that Washington State roster before the season, there was nothing there that indicated something like this was in store. And so all credit to Kyle Smith for IDing the guys that he needed in the portal uh, and then putting them together in a coherent fashion to where they can go on the road and beat a, a team that was projected as the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Their, uh, their remaining schedules it's manageable. They should be able to win the remaining games. You can never, you know, be con- completely confident. I think in college hoops, but their schedules in their favor. If they finish this thing out and win the regular season Pac-12 title, I know the conference tournament's the biggest one. But if they finish the season number one, is Kyle Smith your coach of the year? I, I think he would have to be. Uh, Lamont Paris at South Carolina was sort of the early darling in that uh, in that conversation. They've begun to fade a little bit at South Carolina. Uh, still probably going to be the SEC coach of the year. But when you start having that national conversation, uh, I think you got to look hard at Kyle Smith, especially if, as you mentioned, uh, they are the Pac-12 champions, which at, at this moment um, they're in the driver's seat to, to, to be that. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think he's on a list of about three to five uh, maybe right now. And, and what he did last night, as I mentioned in those power rankings, it's only going to elevate – the national profile, and so I think that really helps Kyle Smith's case. David Cobbs, our guest here, CBS Sports, covering college football and, most importantly right now, 
men's basketball at cbssports.com. Power Rankings article is out at cbssports.com. Find David on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Uh, you mentioned Oregon not having, uh, you know, not having a great year by by their measurement, but they've kind of pieced it together a little bit. They've been very banged up this year. They're eighteen and eight, and I, I just—they're not even in a lot of bracket, you know, bracketology season. They're not even in the first four out. How close is Oregon to being one of those bubble teams, or is that one of those outside of winning the conference tournament? You don't view them at all as a NCAA tournament team. Well, they've still got a shot right now. Our, our bracketologist at CBS, uh, Jerry Palm, he's got them first four out. So, so they're not—they're not far off. But what it comes down to in a league like the Pac-12 which isn't all that strong and, and is about to dissolve is the one or two opportunities that you can find to really move the needle. And at this point for Oregon, it's going to be a road game against Arizona here in about a week. And, you know, that's pretty much your, your golden opportunity, your golden ticket to the dance. If you win that one, all of a sudden that is a high magnitude, high caliber quad one win. And that one gets you on the right side of the bubble. But if you lose that one, even if you win the rest of your regular season games, none of the rest of them are really going to move the needle all that much. And then you could end up in a situation where, yeah, you, you probably at least got to make the Pac-12 title game uh, to get some at-large consideration at that point. So, you know, it all comes down to that that Arizona game uh, for Oregon. And, and I got to think Arizona is going to be pretty determined to defend its home court after what happened against uh, Washington state last night. Now, Gonzaga, David has had a large, a long time stranglehold kind of on the WCC. St. Mary's has built their program up pretty well and they're having a great year. Gonzaga a little down from where they normally are. How do you view Gonzaga for the tourney? Is this a sneak up on teams team this year with Gonzaga or is this just kind of a meh, you don't see them doing a whole lot of damage if they get to the tournament? Yeah, I think it's the latter due to the lack of depth. I mean, they, they had a really rough go of it with injuries before the season, uh, losing a, a key figure in Steel Venters, who was supposed to be a, a big-time contributor for them to injury before the season even started. So they're among the uh, least reliant on, on their bench in the country. So it's kind of like a five- or a six-man show. And I just think it's difficult once you get to single elimination basketball where you're playing every other day or back-to-back days in the WCC tournament, um, it, it's hard for a team like that to piece together a, a run. So I, I do still believe Gonzaga is going to find their way to the dance. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold that, w- that they'll make a lot of noise uh, once they get there. Who would you bet on to win the tournament right now? Yeah, uh, I think there's some intriguing value probably in the 10 to 15 range on the odds sheet. Now, like obviously UConn, Purdue, Houston, those are your favorites to win it all. Uh, but there's there's been enough uh, flaw in, in those three to maybe look down a little further and look at a team like Alabama or look at a team like Illinois, who from a betting perspective, you could probably get a good value on at, at this point with you know, 20 to one or, or, or greater. So, you know, I, I would look down at, at teams like that um, to, to be a good value. But, you know, when it comes down to who am I going to pick to win the national championship come selection Sunday, it's going to be difficult for me to pencil somebody in other than UConn, Purdue, or Houston. And, and of course, that'll, that'll change maybe depending on what happens these next couple of weeks. But those three, to me, have pretty clearly established themselves as the favorites. I'm coaching sixth grade girls, so I'm watching a lot more college basketball this year than I, than I have in the last couple of years, just to like see what coaches are doing. 
You have a degree in sports analytics from Ole Miss. I saw that in your profile, and I, I, it kind of struck me. As somebody who is very familiar with analytics, how do you feel like college basketball is using and embracing sports analytics for that sport, given how driven we know the NBA is using analytics? Is college basketball still significantly behind the NBA in the way they use analytics? Because there's a lot of games that I watch where I'm like, this feels like it's looked the same for 30 years. How the sport has evolved with having more information. It's crazy. The coaches in college basketball run the gamut from total denial over analytics to like total obsession. Whereas like in the NBA, it's, it's pretty much across the board. There's certain concepts and, and, and a base level understanding of analytics. Everybody's got at least one or two people in the, in the front office or on the staff who have a deep understanding of that stuff. In college basketball, you could see uh, coaches just totally deny it or totally embrace it. Uh, it just depends on the, on the guy. Uh, one to look at uh, who just totally embraces it, who could be in the conversation here uh, over the coming weeks, Alabama. If you go and look at their shot chart. Nate Oates. Yeah, Nate Oates. It's either all at the rim or all behind the arc, and that's, that's how he likes it, and that's what the analytics – uh, would, would suggest is, is the right approach. So it, it's fascinating in college basketball. That, that is one thing that makes college basketball maybe more interesting sometimes than the NBA. I'm not necessarily saying it's a better product, but just the variety of styles and strategies because, you, you know, a matchup can go either direction in terms of pace, style, shot selection, all that. Uh, and that, that makes it interesting on a given night. You, you kind of never know what you're going to get. Can you give me a name of a coach that's the opposite of Nate Oates? One that you kind of you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. You're like, really? You're, just, you're that against analytics, huh? Well, you know, Tom Izzo kind of pushes back on some of the Ken Palm stuff. And, you know, I think at, at his – when you get to his point in his career where you've made the NCAA tournament consecutively for a quarter century, you have a national title – you know, you can kind of do and say whatever you want and, and rebuff the uh, the accepted norms, right, of the sport and maybe go unquestioned on it a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, he's one that kind of comes to mind as getting, you know, he gets annoyed or frustrated with, with some of that stuff. And, um, you know, whatever, he's Tom Izzo. He can do what he wants. So uh, that, that's probably uh, one of the more prominent uh, examples of it. Um, but, but yeah, you, you see coaches who are, who are resistant to it and, and they prefer sort of their own feel they prefer what they see in practice and you know they'll, they'll let their guys go out and take mid-range jumpers if they feel that the situation calls for it and so you know I, I like that we have some of that I like that that we have some of the uh the old the old school mentality uh still in college basketball uh get you out of here with this David because it's sports radio so we got to be a little cliche with this stuff we debated of course we embraced the debate is John Calipari properly rated, overrated or underrated? They lose to LSU. Uh, Wildcat fans not happy right now. Where do you land on John Calipari? Well, I just think the um, the sport has passed him by a little bit because 10, 15 years ago, you could construct a championship caliber team c- comprised almost exclusively of freshmen. Well, in, in this day and age, uh, the sport has gotten so much older with all these guys who had the extra year because of the COVID uh, eligibility uh, clause. And then you've also got uh, the unlimited transfers, essentially, at this point, which allow uh, rosters to get a lot older as well. And meanwhile, he's over here stocking his roster with, with six freshmen as part of the rotation. And so naturally, when you got 18 or 19-year-olds out there against 23- and 24-year-olds, that's going to be a challenge from a maturity standpoint and from a physicality standpoint. And uh, he's not properly embraced, I don't think, that, that, that formula that you need, which, like, yeah, 
you can have a freshman or two in the rotation, absolutely, uh, maybe three, maybe even four. But you've got to have a deep well of nucleus, uh, or a deep nucleus of returning talent, and then a couple of transfers in there who uh, who have seen a thing or two in their day. And you know, he just that 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 formula for Calipari is still skewed way way too young, and uh, he hasn't figured out that it's it's difficult to win a title in this era with a roster like that. Great stuff, man. Overrated. That's how I just took what you said, and thank you for doing that. David Cobb, our good friend from CBS Sports, covering college basketball. His new power rankings are out at cbssports.com and on Twitter, at David W. Cobb. Give him a follow. David, it's nice to catch up with you. We'll have to do this maybe around tourney time. Thanks for hopping on this morning, and enjoy the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Great stuff. David Cobb, CBS Sports. His power ranking article out. You can find, as he mentioned uh, as well at CBS Sports, the Jerry Palm uh, bracketology. Uh, This happened yesterday in sports, became a little polarizing, and it shouldn't have been. I'll tell you what it is next on The Fan. Dana Carvey and David Spade here. You might know our podcast, Fly on the Wall, featuring guests from across the entertainment industry. We decided to do a spinoff called Superfly, and it's fun. It's just two of us riffing on current events, pop culture, catching up, impressions. Joe, Trump's trying to be a dictator. Yeah, she says, uh, you know, bump on the tater tots. Joe, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to and follow Superfly on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where dirt and spray crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at East Moreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, welcome back in. Our thanks again to David Cobb of CBSSports.com. Really good stuff, Swigard, from him on the NCAA tournament. Indeed. I seem to be alone with my uh, Coach Cal thoughts. <laughs> that was just great. Indeed. Indeed. It's kind of indicating, like, you're kind of right. Uh, but he was good. No, you, you kind of have been out there on an island that he's underrated. I understand, but like I, I, I lean overrated. I just, I do like what he said though. He hasn't, like, he was, he was first. He in was the first one and to done. embrace the one and dones and the freshmen and and how you can yeah. do it and get talent and mold them together. Yeah, and grow during a season. And by the time you get to tourney time, they know what they're doing. But now the transfer portal and all that sort of thing, and he hasn't adjusted. That part I get. I understand that. And as much noise as that dude gets, you know, Izzo only also has one. Which is funny. We don't talk about Tom Izzo. We no, talk about we, Calipari. I mean, think about, yeah. And he's a red ass who is, you know, not wanting yep. to embrace analytics. That's wild to me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Nick Cosmider coming up. He covers the Denver Broncos. He participated in a athletic mock draft. Beat writers for every team give you who they think the, the team will pick. His was interesting, and he's not alone on this. This name is shooting up the mock draft. So we'll talk about it coming up. At the top of the hour, we'll spray the lines, get the spray line sponsors in at the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, Charlie Woods competed in a tournament to try to qualify. Yeah, we tried to qualify to get into the Monday qualifier yep. for a PGA tournament coming to Florida. He shot an 86 at Lost Lake Golf Club. He had a 12 on the back nine on one of the holes. And this was interesting because... Him playing in this caused a little bit of chaos. They had people showing up in droves, begging for autographs. They had people sneaking into the woods when his ball went there so they could try to take it. 
Uh, they had he had his own security detail. And then, oh, by the way, his card goes public on the internet, and the internet's like, oh, an 86, huh? I'm like, he's, he's 15. He's 15. He's Calm 15 down. This is a PGA tips. tour setup. Just, uh, no, I think go and experience it and see what it's all about. You have to you have to experience it to understand what you're getting yourself into. I admire this kid a great deal. He he you know, he loves golf. He clearly Is loves golf. Is there anyone who's trying to operate in a bigger shadow than him? Only Michael's Michael kids. Jordan's kids, yeah, probably. It. Maybe LeBron's a little bit because, you know, it's his name's LeBron Griffey's James. Jr. kids maybe. Yeah, but they played a different sport. That's true. They played football. Well, I thought one of them was trying to play baseball. Oh, well, I went to one kid played at Arizona for a minute. Yeah, football. At receiver. But I mean, honestly, just is there a bigger shadow in modern day sports that you're trying to follow in than what Charlie's trying to do for crying out loud? I, I think the other problem here, too, is like he goes out and plays these father son tournaments and he pipes these drives or they show highlights of him playing against people his age. And he's out driving them by 50 yards. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we get highlighted. And the minute you don't see that happening, it's like, oh, not as good as you think, huh? And I'm like, you guys are weird on the internet. Yeah. He's 15 freaking years old. Uh, did Jack's kids ever try to play golf? Uh, the oldest. I think Jackie did. He, did he get close or um, no? I think he might have played in a couple events or was trying to make it on what is now the Corn Ferry Tour, the feeder okay. tour. Um, you see some of these athlete names, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming out. Steph Curry is one of these. You see the sons of former athletes. Very rarely are they ever like the all-time greats. And that's why those all-time really, greats. Really, Barry Bonds is the only one uh, that I can think of that surpassed his dad, Bobby Bonds. Sure. That's a, yeah, that's a great example as well. And I, I don't think it's a knock against the kid. I think it's more highlighting like, hey, that's why uniquely great in that sport. Yeah. That's why right there. How hard that is to be what that was. If Tom insane. Brady's one of Tom Brady's kids wants to be an NFL quarterback, why, it's just... I think one of them is a sophomore, junior in high school. Yeah. I've never, I haven't heard a peep about him. As well, a we got, we got. Well, Arch Manning isn't because that's Cooper's kid, that's right? Cooper's kid, yeah, yeah. Peyton's, I don't think are at that age yet. Eli, I don't know if Eli did. Eli have boys or do you have girls? I can't remember. I but don't remember. The point is, kudos to him for trying. Yeah, and go out there. How many things would you need? Like on your best day, your best, your swinging, your putting's good. How many things would you even need to go right playing from the tips to shoot an 86 at a club like this? I think it's at least 12 for me. I would need uh, I would need a, a good bounce on every damn hole. And then I that all that would have to happen, and then Swag, I'd still have to make like a 14-foot putt yeah. to even get an 86. Exactly. So Settle down, world. Hey, internet, stop existing Settle sometimes. Settle down. Um, loaded final hour of the show. We'll dive into some NFL draft stuff. We'll spray the lines, get the spray line sponsors into the Vancouver Ford text line. We got a ticket giveaway, but we kick off the final hour. Nick Cosmiter of the Athletic covers the Denver Broncos, participated in a mock draft. Does he like this player better than Bo Nix? Final hour, Dirt and Sprague, Nick Cosmiter next on the fan. I like to, I like to say something. This is Dirt and Spray. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. 
Are you serious? I'm dead serious. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. God, there was one weekly that you wore sweatpants every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Wow. All right, welcome back in. Final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app. 99.5 HD2, and of course, YouTube.com. We'll spray the line at the bottom of the hour, so get the Sprague line sponsors in at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. And uh, we'll talk a little NFL draft coming up at 8.15. And right now, because our guest, Nick Kosmider of The Athletic, covers the Denver Broncos, a good friend of the show. I've had him on before, and the Broncos are sitting in an interesting spot where a lot of mocks have them taking a quarterback. Some have Oregon's quarterback, Bo Nix, landing there. Others, including Nick, have this quarterback. And Nick joins us now. Nick, good morning. Thanks for hopping on with us, man. Uh, What's the draft coverage been like for you? Are you just at a point where you want the draft to be here already so you can stop doing mocks and stop doing the hypotheticals? (laughs) Well, good morning and thanks for having me. Yeah, I think we always all get to that point um, seemingly earlier and earlier each year given uh, just how how much we as a kind of a public writ large get inundated with um, you know, all kinds of assessments, speculation about this process. But for me, I'm, I'm actually sort of enjoying being able to dive into these quarterbacks. The Broncos, of course, haven't had a first-round pick at all since 2021 when um, they had an opportunity to draft perhaps Justin Fields, Mac Jones, but took Pat Sertan instead. And then, uh, you know, the following offseason turned around and traded all their picks for the foreseeable future away in order to draft Russell Wilson. Uh, now it seems like the Broncos are going to be moving on from him and, and are now in a position where they could be drafting quarterback, like you said, um, at number 12 or perhaps, um, you know, with a trade that moves them up into the top 10. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited actually to get down to Indianapolis next week, get the combine, start to collect some more intel and insight about, you know, how, how teams are feel, feeling about these quarterbacks. So I'm not, I'm not quite in the uh, totally – uh, over at stage just yet, but uh, check back in with me in about a month. Give you two weeks, and then people start going, hey, man, I didn't like your pick here. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just talking to people and trying to gather as much information. I, I, I'll i get to your mock draft pick. I, I It's really interesting going through. I loved the, what the Athletic did here with beat writers from different teams. We kind of do a similar thing during the draft, but you mentioned Russell Wilson. Uh, that Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, it, it felt like for many, I think going into last year, this is the match made in heaven. They, it feels like he's been flirting with wanting Sean Payton for a couple years. He gets his wish. Season doesn't go right. Even in the midst of people defending Russell Wilson, I I felt like I was kind of alone, Nick, in saying, yeah, it's very one-sided. One half they're scoring six points. The other half they're scoring 20. The numbers look fine, but it doesn't look – it looked clunky to me. Where are they at with Russell Wilson? Is this a done deal that they're going to cut bait – and move on how does and how, how does all that work financially for them yeah no I, I think your point is well taken and, and I, that was my assessment as well of like you know some people pointed to the numbers right 26 touchdowns eight interceptions um you know obviously a big increase in his completion percentage over a year ago um but but there was no real consistency with that offense you didn't go into any single game thinking hey this offense is going to put it all together and that's why we're going to win. They weren't able to consistently strike any kind of balance on that side of the football, and what really rankled Sean Payton is their inability to score in close. They, they were bad in the red zone. They were particularly bad in goal-to-go situations, worse than the league for most of the year, and, and Sean Payton historically has put a lot of that on his quarterback, right? It's, it's not just about 
what you do statistically. It's, it's how well are you guiding the offense as a whole. And there was just too many times where the Broncos, if they weren't uh, benefiting from their defense producing a lot of turnovers like they did during that five-game winning streak Denver had in the middle of the season, then they weren't really – um, they weren't really able to overcome a lot of their own inefficiencies. And so I think all those things being what they were, the fact that Russell Wilson was benched for the final two games of the season, the fact that, you know, he made very public the fact that he had been asked uh, to change his contract in October. And when that didn't happen, he was threatened to be benched. The NFLPA got involved. The league got involved. Um, so it, it was a situation that, that turned messy. And while both sides have said, hey, we're open to, to kind of having this, having this you know, reunion. We're open to having Russell Wilson here for year three. I think there's just far too much um, that would have to be overcome, um, things that would have to be sort of worked out in order for them to move forward with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. So I think he will be released within the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, obviously they have to do that before March 17th or his 2025 salary of $37 million becomes guaranteed. They obviously will want to avoid that if they are going to move on. So what you'll have is an $85 million dead money hit for the Broncos. That would be double the previous record that was Matt Ryan when he went to the Colts. Um, So we're talking about a substantial dead money hit. The Broncos, because of the size of that hit, would almost certainly have to post-June 1 designate that cut, meaning that they would split that hit over the next two seasons, would probably be $35 million this year, uh, $49 million and change in 2025. Um, so, you know, you're looking at two years of, of, of really significant dead money. And it's why the Broncos are in this mix for a rookie quarterback, right? The best way that you can hopefully um, deal with that situation is to have a quarterback who is very cheap, as drafted quarterbacks are, relatively speaking. So that's, again, why they're in this mix. They, they'll also be in the mix for, um, you know, kind of those lower-end free agencies free agents who would be playing on, on kind of like a prove-it deal, the Sam Darnolds, the Jameis Winstons of the world. And, of course, they already have Jarrett Stidham, who started those final two games last year. So a lot of different directions this could go, but but I do think they'll move on from Russell Wilson. Nick Kosmider, our guest here covering the Denver Broncos for The Athletic on Twitter, at Nick Kosmider, 2023 Colorado Sports Writer of the Year. So congratulations on that. I know I'm a little late to it, but congratulations on winning that award. Um, the mock draft is interesting. I'm always fascinated by it, and you – you participated in this for the athletic, and in it you have a hypothetical draft. Denver going from twelve to nine, and there's a name that I've seen and, and heard a lot of the you know the draft pundits bring up. And I've Nick, I, I've I watched a ton of the games, and I'm like, I don't get it. What am I missing here? You have Denver taking J.J. McCarthy, a name that is shooting up a lot of mock drafts, a name catching on with teams. You go through why or what's interesting about it, but I want to ask you. I know the season's busy. Did you get any time to watch J.J. McCarthy in Michigan during the year? What did you think of him when you watched him versus what you've learned or what you've seen about him since the season ended? Well, as, a, as, as the dad of a toddler, I, I have to say that, um, you know, my Saturdays, the, the one day off in the NFL schedule, <laughs> I typically didn't sit down, um, quite frankly, and watch all, all of J.J. McCarthy's games. Obviously, Good for you, you know, by the way. Good for you. <laughs> you watch Ohio State. You watch, you watch the Alabama game. You watch the Washington game. And, you know, I think my, my takeaway of this is, like, listen, he's playing for a 15-0 and team, a team that's really good, um, and they're in situations where the defense is trying to sell out to stop this phenomenal run game, and that gives him a lot of advantages. 
But I'll tell you what was interesting yesterday. We were on a conference call with Daniel Jeremiah, the great um, you know scouting draft mm-hmm. analyst for the NFL Network, and and he had something really interesting to say because you know he to him. J.J. McCarthy, he called him an acquired taste that a lot of people are starting to acquire once they really dig into the film. And by that, he sort of meant, look, we know that he, w- he benefited from a lot of things, but there's still situations you start to look at, namely third downs, third and mediums, third and longs, where you, you go in and you say, okay, he, in, in these situations, he's got to be the guy that gets it done, a lot of the red zone stuff. And he came away really impressed as he dug into that stuff with, with what he was able to do. He has a strong arm. Um, completed a lot of crossers in college that, that looks similar to something that you see in a, in a pro, uh, in a pro scheme. It's not as if he was just kind of bubble, sc- bubble screening you all the time. So the, the other part of it is guys, he just turned 21 last month. You look at a guy like, um, you know, like Bo Nix who turns 24 on Sunday, there's a difference there. That, that kind of, that kind of means something. JJ McCarthy is still a pretty young guy. Um, and, and so I think teams are, are gauging that potential a little bit with him. And that's what's making him a little bit more attractive to scouting eyes. I know Harbaugh's his guy, but I, I loved that Harbaugh left, went to the Chargers, and instant was like, he's the best quarterback in the draft. He should be the number one pick. It's like, okay, Jim, he's he's going to get drafted. He's not going to get drafted number one ahead of Caleb. What is your read on Bo Nix? I, I, you have McCarthy today. You, we're living in a world, too, where Denver taking Bo Nix wouldn't surprise you all that much. What have you heard about Bo Nix as a prospect and potential franchise quarterback? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, he's in, the, he's in that group of six that, that I think a lot of scouts you talk to say, like, could, could start and could start early um, in the NFL, right? Like, and it was interesting going back to, to Daniel Jeremiah yesterday. You know, a lot of people talk about, yeah, you had the, you had the time at Auburn and, and, and he's 24 years old and, and all those sorts of things. He sees the adversity that he sort of went through in, in having the Auburn situation and then getting to Oregon and, you know, a lot of people forget his first year at Oregon was good, but but the fact that he took such a significant step, um, it doesn't matter what system you play in or where you are. When you complete seventy-seven and a half percent of your passes and throw forty-five touchdowns to three picks, like you can't ignore that. You have to be doing a lot of things right. And so, I, I definitely think that he's a guy that that people are are high, definitely high on the floor, right? Like he's going to come in, he's going to do what you ask him to do. He's going to be solid. And, and I, I think that will ultimately give him a really good chance to be a first-round pick. You know, Field Yates, for example, just had his the other day, had him going 20th to the Steelers, a, a team that's going to be kind of in a similar situation to Denver in terms of looking for a quarterback in a lot of different, different ways. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be a first-round pick. Right now, as, as I would gauge it, I, I would see 12 is a little bit early for him. But one thing that Sean Payton said when he was doing kind of the tour de force at Radio Row at the Super Bowl was, if I love a QB, if we if we really fall in love with a guy, I don't care where other people think that he should be selected or, or the heat that I would potentially get for drafting him at a, at a different spot. Um, so, again, if, if he has those sort of qualities that, that a team really just attaches to, it, it wouldn't be a shock to see him get drafted in the top 15 or so. Nick, I'll get you out of here on this, man, because I do appreciate the time a great deal. I know a lot of our listeners who are following Bo Nix and a lot of the prospects from the Pac-12 love hearing this, too. Is Denver in a position, assuming they get out of the rust thing, which you say that they will in the coming days or weeks, is this going to be rookie quarterback steps in week one and they just see what this is with a rookie quarterback? Or is this a sit a rookie quarterback for half a year, maybe a full season, roll with somebody else and let the person learn? What's the approach you think Sean Payton and the Broncos will have, whether that's Knicks or McCarthy? Are we expecting day one starter from the rookie quarterback? 
Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I think they've le- they've left themselves open to to a few possibilities. Obviously, with having Stidham, he was a guy that they went out last year in free agency and signed pretty early, gave him a two year deal with a decent amount of of guaranteed money, which was a surprise to some for a quarterback who had started two games in the NFL after being a fourth round pick in 2019. Like, really didn't have you know a, a lot to go on, and, and they thought highly enough of him to give him that kind of contract. So he's a guy that's in the building that will have his 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 second year in this offense um there's a i think a, a fair chance that he's he's your starter regardless of what they do going forward at least at the beginning of next year but i also think that they'll explore again like an economical option in free agency be it a Jameis winston obviously who sean payton has experience with in new orleans and now you're in a situation where you say okay we have jared stidham who's been in this offense we've got a guy like Jameis winston or even sam darnold who we know can play in this league now we leave ourselves really flexible when we get into the draft of like, hey, if, if we got a chance to get that guy that we want, we can go up, we can get him, we can move on from one of our other veterans, and if he's ready, he can start. I could also very well see them using that scenario and then, and then kind of trading back in the first round, uh, acquiring some draft capital that they've, again, been just so depleted with mm-hmm. because of the trades they made for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And so now you're in a situation where you say, hey, maybe we move back we got Bo Nix. We'll let him. We'll let him. Uh, you know, kind of develop a little bit uh, to start this season. Um, so again, I see either scenario. Not to punt on the question, but they they do have, I think, multiple options that they can they can go. Even if even if like kind of the big splashy one might not be out there. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I love the coverage that you do, man. You do a great job covering the Broncos, and I enjoyed the mock. Thank you for hopping on with us this morning. I really appreciate it. Get back to your toddler, and uh, we'll continue to follow the coverage on the Athletic. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, there we go. Great stuff from Nick Cosmider of The Athletic. He's got J.J. McCarthy, the Broncos, trading up to number nine with the Bears and taking J.J. McCarthy. Let's talk a little bit about this because I'm surprised by it, but also nobody in or around or that watches the sport knows. They just don't. Let's talk about it next on The Fan. So I I said earlier this week I, I turned on and I was surprised how much I enjoyed the new Patriot docuseries on Apple TV. The newest episode dropped yesterday. And so I'm going to keep following this because I really did enjoy it. I, you know, I, we lived it and I'm like, ah, what am I going to learn from this? So I give it a shot. Boom. I instantly enjoy it. So is this the entire 20 year yes. dynasty? Yes. Everything. Yes. From, Everybody. From Drew Bledsoe yes. to yes. Uh, Mac Jones. Yep. Well, I don't know about <laughs> We're not going there. I think when Brady's gone is when it kind of like, you know, hey, what's it been since? But uh, they, they touch on everything. Aaron Hernandez, like you name it, they talk about it. And one thing that I learned was just like how much of a roll of the dice and uncertain the coaching staff was but kind of felt like they had to do with Brady and how Brady early on, like if Brady plays the way he did now – the internet's a storm, and everybody, oh, he sucks, he's a boss, that's why he's a six-rounder. And they they were patient with it. And so the idea that Tom Brady and Brock Purdy's exist, I think, lend itself to everybody wanting to pause a little bit on the takes. But I, I also believe most of us agree, we watched J.J. McCarthy. He was fine for Michigan. I didn't watch J.J. McCarthy and think, man, that's the franchise guy I want. And yet he is shooting up mock drafts. He mentioned Daniel Jeremiah. Jeremiah said people love his intelligence, how quick he releases the football, his ability. They like his arm strength, his mobility to move the pocket and maybe get some yards with his legs. 
And I'm sitting here today surprised because J.J. McCarthy, for a lot of people, more of a prospect than Bo Nix. Denver's long been tied to Bo Nix, but as you just heard with their beat writer, it might be J.J. McCarthy over Bo Nix. And that, especially for us out here, yeah. is surprising to hear. Well, and and you heard uh, Nick refer to a, what, three, four-year age difference there, and that's... That's my only pushback on all of this is none of that is relevant to me. If you're 24, you're 21, I don't care. Who's better? Age isn't going to factor into that. I just meant in terms of how long potentially you could have him to develop. The problem is... You can only go so long in projections. No, I understand that. And it's more of an issue at other positions. Like running back, that's a big deal Um, to NFL people. Not so much at quarterback, especially the way the rules are now. If you're good and develop, you can play into your mid to late 30s. Um, but are you surprised that McCarthy is like, – like, I heard Harbaugh a couple, like, about a month ago was like, he's the best quarterback in the draft. He should be number one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's doing his, his guy a solid. He really is, though. He's moving up, and everybody's like making fun we'll of me see. for posting the poll question uh, last I night. I hope he'll uh, – I'm very curious to see. I don't expect Caleb to do anything at the Combine, but I think for J.J. and Bo Well, that's Nicks, a done deal. Caleb's going one. That I don't know if done. Drake May is going to do anything at the Combine. I don't know if Jaden Daniels will do anything at the Combine. I would be curious. I'd be more like to see them, but if they know they're going in the top five, there's no reason for them to. Well, I yeah, I also think it's fair to say, and I'm not the biggest J.J. Guy, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. But if Denver internally likes that, then I you kind of have to just go with it and say that they I, look. All this stuff is a is a gamble. They don't know yeah. how to evaluate the position. They don't know how to identify. Once in a while, you get a generational guy. Then okay, it's a layup, right? But almost all of these things are a crapshoot. And the smartest people in the sport don't know how to do it. So you and I definitely don't. I, I would but argue as though. You've seen as you hold saw, on, I, I would argue to your point. J.J. McCarthy doesn't need to do the combine. The combine has become irrelevant and stupid Mm. for quarterbacks, in my opinion. Uh, Quite possibly. It might go away. And everybody's got pro days now anyway. Exactly. So you're still getting them out there, and and you can test the physical things. There might be something where – I do understand where the NFL has their people do real measurements. So whatever you see from – there is something that where they need to have the same numbers, everybody across the board – and test certain things. So you might still see something like that, but it doesn't the the whole combine thing other than being another NFL production to stay relevant in TV and all of those sorts of things, but it might go away. Um I don't think it ever fully goes away. I just think you have certain positions that don't feel a lot of value, especially if you're after a if you're if you're yeah. a day if you're like a 4 5 6 7 rounder, then I see it. It benefits you. But if you're McCarthy, Knicks, Penix, yeah. Caleb, May, like Daniels, I, I, you can participate if you want, yeah. but I don't see the value I think the it. thing with McCarthy where you see him going up, if people say he's really intelligent, I think what Brock Purdy has shown us is the way that the NFL is now, that your ability to process information quickly, translate it at the line of scrimmage, and turn that into making a play. Yeah. If you have the requisite physical tools, you need to be an NFL quarterback, whatever the, you know, whatever you have to have as basics in order to be a legitimate NFL quarterback, then it's more that cognitive read, react, translate, pay attention to film, all of those things. Um, And then, 
yeah. So maybe I I don't know. I mean, we forget Brady was what the 199th player selected in the sixth round. Uh, 199. Yeah, yeah. Pick 199. So and Purdy was Mister Irrelevant. Now that's that's two examples, largely at that at that spot in the draft. But I think what it does to me is it makes me reconsider. You mentioned like, does he have those couple things that are hard? And to those measure? are the hardest things to be able to detect and test. That's but we, where we you... saw it against the top teams. Yeah, you know, like it's crazy stupid to, to brag about this, but the best play at Michigan Bama game was his ability to prevent that fumble when they did that pass back to him from being worse than it should have been. Yeah. And it's like sneaky little athletic plays like that or moving around and just avoiding and moving the pocket. Like, it's those things that those people have to evaluate and say, hey, there might not be a lot of belief from from all of these people who aren't in it, but we see what it can be. The only thing I wonder, and I asked Nick this at the end, and he admitted, like, he fence sits because it's hard to have a definitive answer now. Yeah. Do you play him week one? I, I wouldn't. I think I'd want him to have to learn a little bit. That's the other thing I think we're seeing, and you might go back to it. I think you saw with Jordan Love uh, and some other guys where there is significant value in not throwing him to the – it takes a really, really special individual to be able to handle losing at that rate early in your career – like Caleb, I'm playing week one, not even yeah. a question. There's no quarterback competition. But, I mean, I, you know, if we ever got Troy Aikman on, that would be the thing. The one in 15 season, his first year, his rookie year, mm-hmm. wh- what did he learn? How much did he have to overcome not letting that seep into to to think, no, we're I'm I'm the guy, I'm the right guy. It's going. He sees Super Bowls coming before that just overwhelmed him and and just defeated him. The tough thing with it too though is if you do sit and I'm I'm a pretty big play right away guy, I just want to see it. And the money's obviously different now it that, is. that than it was. Well, and we have great examples of both, I think, of yeah. played right away and then like even Mahomes sat one year and then yeah. played the last game of the season. I think it just depends on who it is. Like Caleb to me, if I'm a bear coach, we're drafting Caleb, and I'm in my press conference. This is Caleb Williams' team. There's no competition. Caleb's our guy. I am making, I, I'm making a, a clear cut stance of where we're at, whose team it is, because I want that confidence started in him. JJ McCarthy, a Bo Nix, maybe they do benefit. The only downside to that is if you sit a year and then you play and you suck. Ugh, it feels like you, you've then wasted in your mind two True. seasons. See, and I see Bo Nix starting right away because of you all. You see of Bo Nix starting right away. I if if he's the guy. Um, if you're Nix, do you want Denver or Pittsburgh? Because you get Peyton in Denver, but Pittsburgh's one of the more stable franchises in pro sports. I I don't. Yeah, that'd be a tough one to pick. Probably Pittsburgh. And you're not in the AFC. Well, but you'd be in the yeah, AFC North. AFC is North's no, brutal. It ain't no picnic either. I think maybe Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because even though the Steelers are wanting a quarterback, that the, the mentality of that is you just need a quarterback that's competent to move the offense, however the offense is going to be moved. I think in Denver, the quarterback needs to go there and be the guy. Really? Yeah. I think there's an element of both where you can kind of start out, just be the game manager. Just go throw for 220, a tutty, no picks. 
That's all we need from you. I think the issue in Denver after you've had John Elway and after you've had Peyton Manning over the years, that there's an expectation that the offense should be centered around the quarterback. That's not the case in Pittsburgh. That's that. Well, is it? They had Roethlisberger for a long time there. I know, but even Big Ben, but you still had running backs. You still had, it was, it was a group. You were the leader of the group. But and you also had dominant defenses when they were great. But see, that's interesting because and they, Denver's had some great defenses over. They won the their years. last Super Bowl because yeah. of the defense. And when Elway won finally, it was because dominant run game. Yes. So, but the quarterback has always been the centerpiece. Yeah. When the Broncos have been great, the quarterback has been more of a leader. Like even even Terry Bradshaw had shots taken at him. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger had shots taken at him. Who else did you have? You had, yeah, uh, Neil O'Donnell. Yeah. I mean, they kind of went through so, a wall there. So, yeah, it hasn't. The quarterback hasn't been the centerpiece. The Steelers have been more of the team mentality and aspect as far as the fans and the history of it. I don't. And and Bo Nix seems to fit that mold. Yeah. Where, uh, it. I mean, with Denver. You're following Elway and Peyton Manning for crying out loud. You better bring it. Yeah. Okay. We got to go, but I want to. I watch, I just want to make a final point because I think what you're talking about is interesting to me. Um, I feel like in Pittsburgh, they haven't had it a lot, and so they kind of want to know that they have it. Whereas in Denver, they have had some legendary names come through there. They've also have Sean Payton. So, like, are you centering it around the quarterback? Or are you getting the young player and you're saying, hey, master of football offense, tutor this kid and get them ready to be that spot? I think that's the tough thing to decide in both situations. I think either way, Knicks might be finding himself in a great spot. If it's Denver at 12 or 9 or he falls a little bit to Pittsburgh, those are great spots for Bo Nix to at least have the best possible shot to be a franchise quarterback. But J.J. McCarthy firing up mocks and all the intel saying teams are starting to like him a lot, admittedly surprising me because I just didn't watch him and think, that's a franchise guy. I just didn't see it. But we have plenty of examples of guys that you could have pointed at saying, you also didn't think about this guy, this guy, and that guy. And so that lends itself to old takes exposed situations. Well, Sprague line coming up next in a unique way. A unique outlook on Spraying the Line. Get those sponsors in if you want. That's next on The Fan. Spraying the Line. 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 <laughs> Brought to you by Teddy Johnson's College Fund. Oops, never mind. Dirt bet it all on the Giants to win the World Series. <laughs> Spraying the Line. Brought to you by... Goldschlager, much like Sprague's gambling advice, seems like a great idea when you're young and naive like Will Ortner, but as you mature, you realize it will always leave you sick and full of regret. Spraying Line brought to you by your great, 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 great grandchildren, your great, great grandchildren, the next people who will be alive to see the Blazers get swept in the Western Conference Finals. God, if that's true, how a depressing end to my life that'll be. How'd you see your team? Hey! Hey, we're in year 33 of the tank. Hey, we're about to get the guy. And then it croaked. <laughs> and then in heaven, I get to watch him get swept. How awesome. It's bringing line. Brought to you by the odds. Souk comes back from New Orleans without a felony arrest. Still slightly more likely than a Sprague. Pick. Thank you. I didn't know we went to the Big Easy. I didn't either. 
It's a, it's not a support thing here. I, I listen to all the shows on the fans, but I don't catch all the shows of the shows. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm a dad. I got stuff to do. If he's going to New Orleans, God bless him. I'll be there next year. Radio Row. That's going to be fantastic. It's going to be brutal on my pocketbook because I know we're not going to financially send <laughs> us, but uh, I'm going. I just refuse we'll not to be start saving there. now. You got two kids. You should get a nice tax refund. Yeah, not in the state of Oregon, you don't. <laughs> Go to the state I of heard o- the kicker's going to be huge this year. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Washington's out here like, hey, here's four grand. Congratulations. Oregon's like, here, here's $500. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I wanted. I got a couple more I'll read here in just a minute. I wanted to do a different rendition of Spring Line today because I feel like the other one is... Yeah. It's dishonest. It. I, I'm not gambling on a whole lot of things right now, yeah, guys. We're laying nine and a half for the Blazers tonight. What are we? We're, oh, we're laying the nine and a half. We're going plus nine. No, if I'm the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm, we're going plus nine. Or are you going the Nuggets? You Nuggets laying, laying nine it? and a half. Okay, uh, the way you said you said Blazers, oh, I sorry, thought you were going Blazers. Yeah, it's no. okay. Um, no faith. Yeah, I mean, why would you? <laughs> The tank is commenced. You know, it's it's going to get bad. We're going to get Ashton Hagen's minutes. Uh, you know, uh, Banton is going to be coming out there. No, I wanted to look at the the second half. Has started started yesterday. Dallas Phoenix was interesting. We had OKC and Clippers. I want to look at the West. We're in the West as a franchise. I want to look at the West right now. The Western Conference odds: Denver, and this is via DraftKings. Denver, the favorite at plus 255. Clips are right behind them at plus 260. Suns at plus 650. Thunder, 9 to 1. Mm. Uh, Minnesota, plus 850. So they've got better odds than the Thunder. Dallas is 14 to 1. The Warriors are 19 to 1. By the way, kind of surging. Steph, a uh, dangerous little underdog there. Pelicans, 22 to 1. And they're ahead. Of the Warriors, the Kings are out there. They won that game last night against Wimby, but that was a fun game. And the Lakers are 14-1. to That's kind of it. I mean, you could look through the rest of it, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to ask you this, Swag. I wrote this down. I wanted to make sure to ask you. Which teams would you feel what, – what teams more likely to finish better in the West? So basically win the West. Would you gamble on seeds one, two, and three? Or are you more likely to gamble on seeds four, five, six. One, two, and three is currently the T-Wolves, the Thunder, and the Clippers, correct? That is correct, my man. Right. I would say yes. I know everybody loves the Nuggets. I love the Nuggets myself. The Nuggets? You're picking against the Nuggets? If I were to have where I think the value is, I think it's the Thunder. Oh, the value is definitely on Minnesota and OKC, for sure. There's an okay or Minnesota. even the Clippers to me over a two to one you know uh, favorite there. I, I even that is a value to me. Yeah, there's just always the the fear of the Clippers something happening to somebody at some point. Well, and, if it's not health, they're also going to go into the playoffs with Russell Westbrook and James Harden get massive amount of minutes. And I love Russ. I will always cape up for Russ's career when he's done. I've seen both of them, and Russ has had some bad moments, and Harden has had some legendary bad moments. Yeah. So it's hard to want to fully go the in on that. The Thunder is the group. They're the team that if I was going to say where's the biggest value, I would I would go with them. 
because I think they're all young. They're doing this together. You really buy that the baby Thunder can do it in year one of the playoffs, huh? Yeah. I'm not questioning is this like that that's idiotic. I love what the Thunder are doing. You you worry about you know, the bad matchup for them is the Nuggets because they don't have a good answer for Jokic. Not that anybody else I was going to say, the is league. there anybody that does? Because the Clippers also not a great matchup for them. They get Zubac is, can <laughs> tangle with him. He, he's there. Yeah, he's there. He's out there. It's Jokic. <laughs> I more worry about it rebounding than, I mean, when Jokic has the ball, there's very little anybody can do. Mm-hmm. It's more about on the glass. Can somebody keep him from just trudging his way to the rim and grabbing rebounds? See, I, I think for Denver, to, to add to that, I think the thing for Denver you're nervous about is the depth. There's depth and the, the, always the, uh, the uh, health of Jamal Murray. Sure, Murray's fine. Because he's for right your now. best bet to try to deal with Shea Gilgis Alexander. I I just I I wonder not that like, not that Bruce Brown is maker breaking the championship. We've talked about role guys before and how yeah. important your five are and your your number one is. Because you're going to need them for a game. Six, in a- seven, and eight. You need those three yeah. players off the bench to be vital and important. And I, Denver's guys have been fine. But is Christian Brown ready to come in and win a playoff game randomly? Or have, like, a quarter where he... Questioning his Kansas pedigree? Uh, no. <laughs> a little bit there. There's a little something there with Kansas. But uh, I saw Bruce Brown have big moments in the postseason. Yeah. So it's more like, are they going to be able to do that? And and that's... I like that you're going with the ballsy pick. I'm still taking 4-5-6. <laughs> as much as I like your your ballsy pick and the Clippers are in that... I'm I'm just I cannot be talked into. I'm comfortable that one of those three at the top with home court advantage for the most part will be able to be consistent all the way through the playoffs and get to the finals. Uh, Spring Line, give me just a second here. Spring Line brought to you by 1080's new show, Welchers, hosted by Sprague and Swag. Come here and make ridiculous bets without paying the consequences. I'm I'm a little I'm getting a little offended and annoyed. At I had this. nothing to do. With I this, know by you the did, way. but I this is becoming a thing, and I'm annoyed by it because it is nowhere near your bet welching, and it's not even close to Marcus Greaves' bet welching. Spring line uh, brought to you by the only thing wilder than a spray pick hitting is Dirt's returning waistline. Ouch! Oh wow! Wow! We're taking shots at They're Dirt. Taking. He's going to have an extra special dad bod? Is that what everybody's well, I thinking? Mean, dude, it's not like you got all the time in the world to be the most active person. Baby watches. Does he have home? I don't know. Is he home? I know he goes He goes to the gym, but does he have home workout stuff? Like, you know. No, when, he's a home workout guy. Okay, so when he's Teddy's, you know, guy. at least taking an hour nap, he can go. Yeah, I think he's got a treadmill. I think he's yeah. keeping himself active. I don't think Dirt's coming back as a ball. I don't think he's going to roll himself in here like no. the blueberry girl in Willy Wonka. No. Although it would be kind of funny if he did. We could like, give us a lot of show content, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we'll wrap it up. There's Spraying Line. A look at the futures of the Western Conference playoff odds. We wrap it up with a big moment happening today. Next on The Fan. All right, fist pumping into the weekend. Thank you guys for hanging uh, with us this week. we got a lot to get into next week. As I mentioned earlier, Dirt will be back on March 18th. So you Dirt P1s out there and uh, Duck fans out there, we will have Dirt back on March 18th, and I'm as equally excited as anybody else out there. Yes. Uh, I did love the comment on the text line, the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, You're Violet, Violet. 
Hey, Violet, you're dirt. <laughs> As he rolls in here. Hey, quick, text the word golf, G-O-L-F, yes. to 503-864-6326 for your chance to enter a pair of tickets to the Portland Golf Show March 1st through the 3rd at the Portland Expo Center. Again, text the word golf to 503-864-6326. You can head to 1080thefan.com for more details. And we've got more giveaways next week, so stay tuned for what that is. Uh, Also, a quick heads up, if you have not signed up yet, you've been kicking the tires on it, now is the time to do it. The Fan Winter Golf Classic, it's our first year doing it out at X-Golf Tualatin and Vancouver. You go to 1080thefan.com and register. We need threesomes, not foursomes. Three's perfect. Four's too many. There's always an awkward person left not knowing what to do with their hands. Three is perfect for this event. Out at Tualatin and plenty of rounds available in Vancouver. Danny and Dusty, Isaac and Sook will both be broadcasting at uh, each location. And Danny Dusty will be in Vancouver. Yeah. Isaac Atsuka will be in Tualatin. I'm going to be in Tualatin. Oh, how about you? Yeah. The winning threesome will win a foursome at the 10th Annual Fan Golf Classic this summer. And last place, we'll get free lessons at X-Golf. And our shout-out to the food providers as well, Victorico's, Pro Catering, and the Urban Restaurant Group. Massive matchup in college baseball locally for our Beavers fans. They're off to a great start in Five and season. 5-0, beating ranked teams. Yep, a season with expectations has got off to a great start. Taking on number two, Arkansas, and you can watch the game at 5 o'clock via... Flow Baseball. Flow. F-L-O Baseball. Flow Baseball. Do I have to pay anything? Yeah, I'm sure this is. it's a streaming service. You're okay. going to have well, to shell out a few bucks. I, I don't will... know if you can just buy the game or you have to do something else. Well, but... I hope that's free, and if there's any text police that want to correct that, uh, get that message out. I will be following the game if that's the case via Twitter. So good luck to the Beavs in beating Arkansas. Hopefully they keep Arkansas fan base in a hellscape because, well, the national championship was lost to Oregon State by them. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for hanging out. I'm sorry about the YouTube in the last segment. I guess the volume wasn't there. Apologize for that. Thanks for kicking it with us on YouTube, hanging out, whether it's the Odyssey app, 1080 AM, AM radio. Yeah, we didn't get to that today. We didn't get to we'll that. We'll save that for Monday. We will. We have, uh, well, do we have the drop at least? Oh, here so. it is. We like to listen to AM radio. Yeah, who's that, huh? The big orange guy. <laughs> we like to listen to AM radio. In we do gold, like to listen. In our gold sneakers. We do. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. We're going to talk to you Monday. Ortner's going to hang out with us on Monday. Uh, shout out quickly, all the idiots in Alabama. You guys are the dumbest people in America. Congratulations. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll talk to you Monday. On Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 